All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. All right, it's Friday night. Show this out, show this out, show this out. All right, everybody, share this out. All right, let me turn this uh, overlay off so you guys can see me briefly here. Um, I got the microphone down because we're going to get back into doing the law of one right why is that not working i took the overlay down and my camera's not on what is going on there oh that's the background i did the wrong one i see i have so many uh, photos still in here and i'm gonna have more uh we have gary osborne coming up for ancient aliens worldwide the group that i created back in 2012 He's coming back on the 20, uh, it's a week from, a week from tomorrow. <clears throat> so what is that, 21st, something like that. I'll have to look at the calendar. I don't have it in front of me and I don't have the ad prompted and ready to go. Welcome, Denise. Welcome, Jen. Like I said, share this out, share this out. So I got uh, another 30 or so <laughs> photos already lined up. I don't have them in the, in, in the uh, studio here, but I do have all the, photos that I put in here or, you know, all the, the uh, uh, stuff from the law of one that I put in here. And I just uh, logged on to, I haven't logged on to uh, Muffy Mouse's uh, version of the law of one for a while and they monetized it. So there's going to be commercials. There wasn't commercials before. Now they have an ad at the beginning and I don't know because I haven't played it, whether they have an ad uh, at the, uh, during the rest of the time. Uh, Mom's doing good, Denise. Thank you. Uh, she was having a bad few days there where she wasn't liking. She still, uh, she's getting to the point where she only likes sweet things. So if I give her food uh, that has like a white sauce, she doesn't like it because it doesn't have, it doesn't taste like candy cakes, pies, and and uh, uh, sweet stuff. So there's a few things that I can give her. I tried a few things going out and, and buying stuff at fast food restaurants. If it's not a hamburger you know with barbecue sauce she's not quite sure she likes it some stuff she just eats up like crazy um i try to give her lunch her favorite thing forever has been ham and salami and cheese i gave her a ham salami and cheese sandwich and she said eh. i gave her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and she eats it faster than i can put together a sandwich for myself so it's the jelly it's sweet she's uh getting on to the, the sweet stuff and that's really all she wants which i'm not going to give to her because i'm not going to kill her Reese, welcome. How's things down under? Okay, so we are going to get right into the law of one again. For those of you who are here, um, I noticed I'm going to have to fix. If those of you who are not already in the class chat, if you want to be in the chat, uh, let me know afterwards and I'll add you to the chat. I noticed that there's another chat for every single uh, thing that I scheduled there's the the ability i gotta go back and turn that off there's the ability for someone to create a chat and when they do i get notified but i didn't get notified and there's seven people in a chat that is not the the class chat which is a chat that was created and they're all they were all sitting in there and i just discovered it yet last night so i have to switch all them over to the class chat which already has about eight or ten people right and I'll have to add. I'll have to have, add everybody. Ariel, I think you're already in it, aren't you? In it already? You're already in the or, the uh, class chat, unless that's somebody else. I'm just seeing Facebook user, and that's usually Ariel. <laughs> so if that's somebody else, you didn't give permission. 
uh, to show who you are. And it just says Facebook user. Because of that, I don't know who you are. I couldn't add you because I don't know who that is. So uh, so if it's not Ariel, if it's somebody else, tell me who you are and I can add you to the class chat. <clears throat> so there are some people that are going to be in the class or going to be watching the videos that are in one chat that I have to transfer over. So if you guys are those people, let me know. Uh, just say something in the in that actual chat. So bear with me with these commercials from the Law of One. Uh, they, they haven't been commercialized since 2017 when I first started doing this. So those of you who are brand new, if you come in and you go back in my archives and you're like, why is there all these uh, Orion or you know rising uh, uh, Law of One with all these numbers going up to 106? Because I already did the entire series, 106 sessions, six books. I've already covered that, and we're going back and revisiting that because um, I'm in a different place than I was. Well, although in this reality, weird thing, in this reality, it says I've only been done for maybe a year. Uh, and, and that's really odd because um, my memory is obviously a different reality because I started in 2017 and I was done by 2019, right when uh, when the coop was hitting. But according to this reality that I am currently in, um, I went all the way to 2020, uh, maybe even 2021, uh, before I stopped, which is really odd because uh, that's a long time ago for me, but not apparently in this reality, things are different here. I must have shifted. So I'm having that Mandela effect uh, involved in that. And usually when that's the case, it's not what they say, you know, everything you have to realize that everything scientists say is either a lie or they don't understand what's going on. That's the truth of things. Okay. So when they say, well, it's the Mandela effect, it's just some people have a memory of something being different, but it, it wasn't. And so they're just tripping, right? That's how they explain it away. It's just, there's a, a certain majority of the people or a certain population like for instance yesterday i believe it was yesterday it was either yesterday or the day before was um smoky bears uh um 75th or 78th anniversary now when i was a kid i remember it being called smoky the bear and in this reality it's called smoky bear and there is a good population of people on this planet that remember smoky the bear depends on your age and while I was watching the news, it was here in Sacramento, and Lisa Gonzalez, who is, I think, in her late 20s, early 30s, she said to the guy next to her, I remember when it was called Smokey the Bear. He said, me too, but apparently that's wrong. It was just called Smokey Bear. And I laughed because they didn't mention the Mandela effect or any of that stuff, uh, but they were confused as well. So there's, and they call it the Mandela effect because Nelson Mandela did not, in fact, die in the 70s. And a large population of the planet remember that he died in the 70s. So somebody named it the Mandela effect because he, in fact, became the president of South Africa when they ended apartheid. Who died in the 70s was Stephen Biko, the guy who was actually in charge of the movement. And Nelson Mandela was his next in command, his right hand man. So when he quote unquote finger quotes, for those of you listening to the MP3 file, when he quote unquote hung himself in his cell, got Epstein, uh, you know, 45 years before Epstein got Epstein. Weird, right? Yeah. Seems like a pattern. Anyway, uh, he got Epstein uh, where, you know, there are two inept guards sleeping while the cameras were off 
and nobody was around him, and he hung himself uh, and broke his neck in a way that said he was strangled. Whoops, I'm sorry, what? Epstein. So so the um, they people think that was Nelson Mandela. Now, that's what the Mandela effect is. Now, is the, are those people from a different reality where Mandela did, in fact, die? It is very possible. They don't understand the whole temporal uh, cycle of things. They don't understand how all of us are, in fact, the same person. We're all the same reality. We're all the same consciousness. We're just separated. Uh, uh, our consciousness are just barely separated into these constructs that we're in. And sometimes we slip between one reality and another because our consciousness on a higher level is actually in a different me, many, many different me's because the higher up you go, the closer you get to the source, the less and less and less and less there are of us until there's only one. Okay. That is part of the law of one. In a nutshell, that's the law of one in a nutshell without all the laws. And without all the laws that, that govern here, which we've covered. So if you're brand new here and you don't know, then you have to go back, right? So many Mandela effects being noticed. Yes, lately. Yes. Right? Uh, Reese is saying this. I'm going to put it up on the screen and read it to those people that are on the MP3 file. Uh, Reese said, so many Nelson or so many Mandela effects being noticed lately, like Monopoly Man has a monocle or and his monocle. Now, no monocle. Right. He had a monocle before, and I remember it like the Mr. Magoo guy had the monocle in one eye, his left eye, and now he doesn't have a monocle. Right? So, yeah, that's that's some crazy stuff. Rob, welcome, my friend. Rob Yonks is in the house. Right? What's up, brother? You, know, you should plug your, your show while you're here and put a little link in there for people to find you. Right? So... Uh, so the Mandela effect is just that. It is uh, people, and they say, well, it's just people being wrong and remembering things wrong. Weird that a million or more people remember certain events a certain way. There you go. Full Spectrum Universe. There's a link to it. Rob's got a really great uh, uh, podcast that he does. He's been doing it for a few years now. Uh, pretty upscale. And so if you guys are interested, he also covers all the crazy stuff that I cover. Uh, and he does interviews. I don't do very many interviews anymore, even though people keep asking me. I don't do that anymore. I'm doing speaking and teaching these days. Uh, and, and, you know, you guys want to get an interview by somebody, talk to Rob. He'll interview you. Okay. Or talk to Omar. They'll interview you. They'd be glad to. Or any of their buddies, they'll interview you. I just don't do that stuff anymore. Uh, I don't have time for it. And those of you who know what's been going on with my family and, and my mom, I don't have time to even do webinars like I was doing before. Uh, speaking engagements, if it's not too long, I can do it. Same thing with my shows. I was doing three shows a week, which uh, we just postponed doing uh, Skull Island for a couple of weeks. Uh, or they, everyone else did. I wasn't going to do it by myself. It would just be me doing my show. So why do Skull Island and then do basically my show? So without the other hosts, I was like, okay, I guess I'm taking a couple weeks off. Uh, and then I'm supposed to be speaking on uh, Ariel's show, uh, the purview perspective, uh, uh, but I'm not sure which day. Uh, and things keep happening either in my family or hers, and she doesn't do the show or I can't be on it. So in the last three weeks, uh, I've been on it once, right? But I'm supposed to be a guest speaker on there every week, but I haven't been able to do that. So it's kind of crazy. So like I said, yeah, Rob says, we got you. So yeah, they'll, they'll do all the interviewing, uh, and they can talk to all those people. I don't have time for that. Uh, I'm too busy teaching now. Uh, and I'm too busy speaking now. 
Uh, and that is, is uh, I'm not doing a lot. I'm not doing every single day. And it's still uh, very difficult for me to continue doing all that. Okay. So we're going to get into the, the law of one, uh, where I left off, not the first time I did it, which the reason I brought that up, Rob, you got here, uh, you didn't say anything until uh, before, until after that, so I don't know if you were here. The reason I brought up the Mandela effect is because in the reality that I'm in right now, and some people notice by the way I talk that they're, that I'm different than the person who was here, which is really odd, right? They're like, hey, uh, what's wrong with you? You don't, you're not talking as fast or, or as you were before. And I'm like, that's because I'm actually a different version of me in this body doing this. Because I remember that I started doing the law of one in October of 2017. And I did it for two years and 10 months, which is 17, 18, 19, almost into, into 2020. According to this reality, I did it into 2021. I started in 2018 and did it into 2021 which is really weird, right, for me, because I have memory of, of it being a couple years, not just a, a year and, and a few months since I stopped doing it, right? I remember two, two and a half years ago was when I stopped doing it. However, I'm a different person, and I'm in a different place, and my vibratory pattern is in a different place. So when I listen to or read the law of one, I'm getting more things out of it than I got out of it starting in my reality 2017 your reality 2018 okay so that's why we're going back and redoing it and i'm doing these classes uh and i had gotten up to uh session five and then uh stopped and recapped for uh two classes right so now we're on class number three and we're going to jump right back in so if you want to see anything that transpired in one two three and four i did those prior to the classes starting currently so in the last Two months I did that. So you guys can go back in the archives and listen to if you're on the MP3 file or watch if you're on the MP4 file. Okay. And the reason I'm holding onto the microphone and not on the boom is because this bass that I'm using is old and I can't, and I don't have an internal microphone. So I can't just share sound and have it play without being a microphone near it. So I take the mic out of the boom and I have the speaker sitting here on the desk in front of me. And I'll put the microphone next to the speaker so you guys can hear raw. Uh, and unless I get another computer, that's how we'll, that's why I'm going to have to do it. So uh, otherwise, I'll have my camera turned off while we're in uh, full screen there. And if I talk, I'll just pick up the microphone and talk, set it back down. And then when we're done, I'll turn the camera back on so you can see my ugly bug. Okay. So uh, and bear with me. Like I said, uh, Muffy Moose has now monetized their site. So when I first clicked on it, there was a commercial. I don't know if they have them programmed to happen during the show. So when, if they do, um, I guess I'll either let them play because I don't want to get them pissed off at me, uh, or or you know what you know what I mean. I don't. We'll we'll figure that out. I'll contact LL Research and find out if it's okay if I skip that. If they say no, then we'll just play the commercials. I don't want to piss them off. They've been gracious enough to leave that up for me to play. Otherwise, I'll have to do what I was doing before. Uh, go to uh, LL Research's. Uh, 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 website where they have the law of one, law of one.info, where you guys can read along with if you want. That's what I've been putting up on the screen the last couple of days for the class, only because I was handpicking what we were talking about to recap. But if I have to do that, I'll play that from now on. And then if that becomes an issue, I'll do the same thing that I did before. I'll take it and put it into my computer program and have my computer program read it and play it for everybody. And that way I bypass them completely. I'm not, I don't care about doing that. I did that for two years while I was uh, 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 transcribing 
the uh, alien, uh, you know, EBE, extra biological entity or whatever they call him, uh, Obi, uh, from the girls in the Czech Republic who are still feeding me information. I just haven't decided to put that on the air yet because I'm doing a lot of one here. And every week I'm getting a whole nother session from them of what's going on currently. So I have backlogged probably a year's worth of their sessions once a week. So I have at least enough to do almost a whole year of once a week with their sessions of, uh, of the, uh, them channeling uh, that, that dude. So that's kind of crazy. See, Rob says, see, that's that's off because I remember that, too. So Rob remembers that I started in 2017 and ended in 2019, right? Or maybe early 2020, but not 2021. And if you go back, I'll, I'm telling you, man, you can't check my YouTube channel because that got deplatformed uh, when I pissed off Google. Uh, I, when I got deplatformed off of all Google, but now I have a new one. It's called Orion Rising. But if you go there, there's only, you know, the... the last like four months worth of shit on there right and then some videos that i posted a long time ago right so all the law one's gone off of there but if you look on uh facebook and you go to the archives there or you go to the mp3 file you can see that that it says that i just did it not too long ago which is crazy uh because it's been two years since i did the law of one uh, since i finished it right almost three years now crazy and rob remembers it too so rob you must have shifted uh, as well, and didn't realize that you did. You didn't notice any Mandela effects. And like Reese was saying, there's a lot that's happening in the world and people are starting to realize them because, like they said over and over again in uh, Battlestar Galactica, which you should see the new one that came out in 2002 to 2006, I think it was, it was a four-year, uh, four-season show. Uh, they said in there, all this has happened before and all this will happen again. Uh, and they were talking about the cyclical nature of us on the human race being stuck here and doing things in this cycle of, of uh, raising ourselves to the position where we are now uh, with our societies globally and then destroying ourselves and starting over. Uh, and I'm not going to really get into why right now, but we'll get into that as Law 1 covers that. Okay, so uh, you guys should watch that series. It's on Peacock. It's free. I don't work for them. I'm not getting paid by them. I'm just telling you that you can watch it all. I was watching like one episode a night, uh, almost every single night until I was done with it, just to watch it for the third time uh, to finish that, to make sure that I was up to date and remembered what I was seeing. Uh, and it was, it's pretty intense. Uh, uh, it's actually very crazy. Uh, and once you see it, it, you have to go back and watch it a second time because once you get to the end, you go, holy shit, really? No way. What? And then you go back and you're like, what is what? And it's crazy, right? And the song that they all hear and that later on in season three and season four is, um, uh, is it's a song by, uh, uh, oh God, what is the name of the song? I can hear it, but I can't think of the name of, it, uh, of the song right now. It's, it's uh, everybody has sang it, but the one that version that they use um, is by, uh, oh God, I can't think of his name. I'll think of it and I'll tell you guys in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, people trip on it because they're like, what is that song? What is that song, right? It's the, it, it's the, anyway, I can't think of it. I can just think of the lyrics. Uh, and, but I can't think of the song. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump into Law 1 instead of screwing around with that. Uh, we'll get back into Session 5. We're going to start there. And like I said, if there's any commercials, bear with us. They monetize their stuff. I'm not going to not do that unless it becomes a hassle and then like I said, in which case I'll have my program. I'll just put the book into my program 
and have uh, whatever I'll do a female voice instead of a male voice, since it is in fact a woman that's doing the channeling anyway, which I always thought was weird that they used an English male voice and not a female voice when it is in fact Carla, a female. So I may just switch to that to uh, not have to worry about this whole thing uh, and just program that. It doesn't take much for me to copy and paste from the book. Just copy it, paste it, and let it and let it fly. I might just go ahead and do that. We'll see how things go with how many commercials I have. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and share the screen here. Let me put it up here, and I will go into full screen uh, so you won't see my ugly mug, and I'll turn my uh, myself off. So there, well, I won't, well, it doesn't matter because I'll be in full screen anyway. Um, but I'll turn my camera off just in, so that way if I do talk and I, and I happen to switch out of there, you won't see my ugly mug. All right. So let me go ahead and go over there and put that up in the full screen. I will be watching the chat. So if you guys have any questions and I will be stopping periodically to ramble on, right? Get used to that idea. Right. And if you guys want to listen to it without my ramblings, you feel free. You can see where it is. It's at law of one, or I'm sorry, you can look at law of one uh, or Muffy Mo Muffy Moose. You can see it on your screen. You can go there and play the stuff yourself and interpret it yourself if that's what you feel that you need to do, that I take too long or I ramble on about something. I'm not here to try and sell you a religion. I'm not here to sell you myself either. I know that what I'm doing is not going to get me rich, nor is it going to get me uh, 100 million uh, followers. This is something that after I'm dead, 20 years from now, if this planet's still in the fix that it's in, as it gets closer and closer to people waking up, more and more people are going to listen to this interpretation and benefit from it. It's the only reason I do it. That's the reason that I came here. It's the only reason that I'm doing all of this. Uh, for those of you who are here that want to listen to it now and resonate with it now, I love you for doing that. And make sure that you pass on this information to anybody. And once you become an adult, uh, you have to help the children. You just, if you don't, then you're in service to self. You don't care. You want to check the hell out and get out of here as soon as you can. That's your choice. You can do whatever you want. Okay. So I'm going to go over here and go into full screen and we'll, uh, we'll hop into this. I am love. I greet you in the love and the light of the infinite creator i communicate now question 5.1 questioner the last time that we communicated we were speaking of the learning of he healing it is my impression from what you gave to us in the earlier session that is necessary to first purify the self by certain disciplines and exercises then in order to heal a patient it is necessary by example and possibly certain exercises to create the mental configuration in the patient that allows him him to heal himself. Am I correct? Answer, I am Ra. Although your learn understanding distortion is essentially correct, your choice of vibratory sound complex is not entirely as accurate as this language allows. It is not by example that the healer does the working. The working exists in and of itself. The healer is only the catalyst, much as this instrument is the catalysis necessary to provide the channel for our words, yet by example or exercise of any kind can take no thought for this working. The healing working is congruent in that it is a form of channeling some distortion of the intelligent infinity. Question 5.2 See, and that's one of the reasons why I said this before last time we got here, because we actually stopped right here at 5.2. Right. So I brought that up that when uh, when people if people say to you, you know, well, I'm a teacher and the, and they act like they have something that they own that you don't have, 
that's a person who's in service to themselves, not in others. If a person is in service to others and you say, oh, you're a great teacher, the very first words out of their mouth better be, I'm just the conduit. I am not the one who owns this information. Peter, welcome. Uh, they, they, if they don't say that, then, uh, you know, I would be hard pressed to listen to what they do say. Uh, and, you know, if they start taking credit and act like it's their information, because I don't believe that there's anybody on this planet. In fact, there is no one on this planet who has an original thought, even though we all think we do. Okay. We don't. Every story that could possibly ever be told has already been told. The only difference is your version, but it's still a story that someone else told, right? It is, it is impossible for there to be a brand new story. It's just a, a, a new telling of the story, okay? So in that respect, nobody has any uh, claim and no one really should. It's because of monetary value right because of being in service to self that we become uh, you know self-serving and selfish to where and, and that's what started money so as long as we hold on to monetary everything being monetized then because of that right because we have to pay then unfortunately people have to claim the right to something so that they make money because they have to pay somebody else for some bullshit so until we get past that we unfortunately have to have that. So you have to have people saying that. But if somebody is a teacher and they're trying to charge you, unless it's, you know, uh, to speak publicly, that's one thing. You know what I mean? It's still, I, I have a hard time with it. Every time somebody says, why are you not charging people money for this? Because I don't believe that it should be um, something that I should be charging people for. Right. And people are like, you're just stupid and crazy. And I'm like, all right, call me what you want. Okay. Call me crazy if you want to call me crazy, but I, I don't believe that's just like, a, a, you know, interviewing people. They're like, why aren't you charging people to interview them? Because I don't think that it should be, right? And, oh, it's good for you. I mean, everybody has to pay rent. So you just go ahead. I'm trusting in the universe that things will be taken care of and that I won't end up a homeless guy underneath the bridge, right? Uh, and if that's where I end up, then that's my own fault or that's where I'm supposed to be. Right. Although if you want to be homeless in this country and especially in this state of California, you have to want to be homeless. Otherwise, there's no reason for you to stay homeless. I've been there and I've also helped homeless people by volunteering at homeless shelters and volunteering, pay, you know, feeding homeless people. I've done that over and over and over throughout my life. Uh, and most of the people who were perpetually homeless chose that. I chose to be homeless. Every time I talked to somebody who was staying on the streets, they were doing it because they wanted to stay on the streets. They did not want to be part of the society, right? So the people who didn't want to be on the streets got the hell off the streets as fast as they could and did the things that they needed to do to get off the streets. And I've been homeless. And it didn't take me long to get the hell off the streets because the streets are a dangerous place. I have a nephew who is perpetually homeless, and it's because he wants to be there. Otherwise, he would not be there. When he doesn't want to be there, he gets a job. He does that. He gets a house. Most of the time, he just he wants to do drugs. He wants to drink. He wants to do all that shit. And he wants to be not a part of society. And, and he's fine with sleeping in a tent, whatever. His father was the same way. Okay, let's continue. Questioner, we have decided to accept, if offered, the honor duty of learning, teaching, the healing process. I would ask as to the first step which we should accomplish in becoming effective healers. 
Answer, I am Ra. We shall begin with the first of the three teachings learnings. We begin with the mental learn teachings necessary for contact with intelligent infinity. The prerequisite of mental work is the ability to retain silence of self at a steady state when required by the self. The mind must be opened like a door. The key is silence. Within the door lies a hierarchical construction you may liken unto geography and in some ways geometry, for the hierarchy is quite regular, bearing in relationships. To begin to master the concept of mental discipline it is necessary to examine the self. The polarity of your dimension must be internalized. Where you find patience within your mind you must consciously find the corresponding impatience and vice versa. Each thought that a being has, has in its turn an antithesis. The disciplines of the mind involve, first of all, identifying both those things of which you approve and those things of which you disapprove within yourself, and then balancing each and every positive and negative charge with its equal. The mind contains all things. Therefore, you must discover this completeness within yourself. All right, so <clears throat> we covered this a little bit, right, last week because we were talking about ego, right? So each person has to recognize that which is in them of the positive and the negative and balance that. Yet that is doing the shadow work. That's being objective and realizing you're not perfect, you're not in charge, you're not the leader of the universe. You're not the chosen one. I hear uh, all these people that tell me that, I, oh, I talked to a psychic, and they said I was the chosen one. If somebody tells you you're the chosen one, that's not a real psychic. Okay, I'll tell you that right now. Because all of us are the chosen one, and they should know that. So for them to go, oh, I'm getting that you are the chosen one. Throughout my career, every time I hear somebody, they all, they all, you know, when they first, especially when they first start becoming awake, Somebody gets a hold of them and tells them, you're the chosen one. You're the gatekeeper or you're the key master. I'm like, somebody's been watching too much Ghostbusters from 1980, whatever that was, 82, 84, whenever that was, right? Because all of us are the chosen one. Why? Because we are all the one. We are all the same. We are all one. So nobody is above anybody else. Nobody, that's like the, the Hebrews. Well, we're the master race. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the, that's the Aryans. The Hebrews are, we're the chosen race because God told David so, right? God didn't tell David that. David told David that, okay? It's just like Sahaladin. Sahaladin over here in America, I mean, is somebody big because he's the one who sacked uh, Jerusalem in the, in the Muslim uh, community. No one remembers who Sahaladin is. But he had said, and he had to correct himself, and they even put it in the movie, Kingdom of Heaven, which is the true story, by the way. He corrected himself because he had he had said that God sent him to to help you know get rid of the the uh or the uh, I'm sorry the the Franks that's what they called the the French because back then that was the 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 Francia uh the so it was so France was Francia that's where you get the name France or French is from uh, in in most languages. It's just like, you know, uh, you know, in fact, for in German, it's it's Frankreich. It's not France. Right. In fact, German isn't even the word German in German. Right. That's an English version. The word for German in German is Deutsch. Deutschland is what they call the place they live, not Germany. 
It's called Deutschland, right? And everybody else, you know, uh, like they have the Third Reich, right? Frank Reich, right? So, Österreich. That's 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 Austria. Österreich, right? So you need to understand the language, right? So, anyways, Frankia, and they were called Franks. So it, it, when he was fighting against uh, the the uh, what was the English at the time, not the French, it was a combination of the two. It was there were mostly French that was there at the time when they were fighting, and they were like, "Why, you know, you you are allowing all these people to leave? Why are you doing that?" Because he had uh, he was brokering the surrender of Jerusalem. And he made the mistake of saying, how many battles did your people win before I got here? And then he then he stopped and said, that is to say, how many battles did you win before God appointed me to be in charge here? And then, of course, the guy got less mad at him, but he had to see it was his attitude was me. I'm the one doing this. So in truth and in secret, he didn't believe he was he was told by God to be there. He was told by himself, and and he was giving himself credit for everything that he did, and then had to correct himself. Well, that is to say, how many battles did you win before God had me be in charge? Right, and that should have been telling. That's what Freud called the Freudian slip, right? So that should have been telling. So anyone who who acts like they have a knowledge that you cannot have without them, and they have to tell you that, and that you should be beholden to them in some way for that, right, is wrong, unless they're selling you a service. Okay? So if I were conducting a school and classes, even though I call this a class, it's free. But if I was conducting a class and told you up front, I'm going to be giving you this information and you have to pay this amount of money for it because I have this knowledge. If you agree to that, that's one thing, right? Because we have to get paid. We have to live too, but I'm not that person. So I'm not doing that. And that people think because I'm not doing that, uh, some people think uh, what I'm saying is, is not worth anything because I'm not making you pay for it. And that's what a lot of people think. I mean, if you look at the Saturn, the car, here in the United States of America, when they first put it on the market, they were charging $12,000 for a brand new Saturn. No one wanted to buy them because they thought they must be a piece of shit because all other cars at the time were thirty dollars to $45,000 for a car. So nobody was buying them. So the CEO of the company said, company-wide, corporate-wide, raise the prices by $20,000 on every single car. And they said, what? What are you talking about? No one's buying the cars now. He said, raise the price tomorrow before you open on every single vehicle by double whatever the price is on the vehicle and they blew out the door and they've been the most popular car almost every year in the last 20 years in the United States of America and they started at 45,000 and there was a couple of you know uh, probably 20 or 30 million people across the United States that got them the first ones for there's nothing wrong with them got them for 12,000 Everybody else had to pay forty-five thousand, but as soon as they were forty-five thousand, they well, wow, that's the price of a of a really good car. That must be a good car. Why? Because they bought into what everybody was selling them, which was you get what you pay for, and if it costs a lot, it must have good quality. And the truth is, in this country, I don't know about around the rest of the world, but I'm assuming that the rest of the world is pretty much the same. 
the higher the the price, in fact, it doesn't matter the price, everything is done as cheaply as possible. And there is no difference between buying a BMW or a Volkswagen or a freaking Ford. If it's made and said that it was made in this country, you have to find out where it was actually made. If it was made in the United States, it's absolute shit. I don't care. And if it was made in China, it's worse shit. Okay? That is the truth. If the Chinese made it, it is the lowest possible uh, uh, quality on the face of the earth. And if the Americans made it, it's the second lowest quality on the face of the earth. Same thing with the food. That's why uh, people are paying a little bit more money for organics. Okay? Bo, welcome, my friend. Wayne, welcome. If you guys are here, say hello. Otherwise, I don't see you in the chat. I don't know you're here. Okay. And if you have comments, say it in the chat. I'll know that you're here. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and continue. So, so you have to do the shadow work. This is what Raw is talking about right now. You have to do the shadow work. You have to know yourself internally, and you have to be completely honest with yourself. Otherwise, you'll never be able to balance yourself, and you will listen to your ego only. You have to be able to balance yourself by being honest and objective of what's inside of you. And if you're walking around prideful and saying, and this is what those of you who just showed up, that's why I was saying this, because if you're walking around saying, well, I this and I that me this, uh, and, and you better listen to me because I know everything, right? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, just listen to me, right? If that, if, if, if I say that, if I start saying that, change the channel. If I start saying that, get rid of me. Don't listen to me because then I'm all ego. Okay. And that's why I say, if it doesn't resonate with you, go somewhere else, find something that does resonate with you. I'm not here to try and tell you that I know the secrets to the universe, which I, I kind of do, but, um, but you guys also know them. You just forgot them. I don't know anything that you don't know. And I don't have information that you don't have available to you. I have the same information available to me that you have to you. The difference between myself and other people is that there's a, a mass majority of people that haven't woken up to or, or are awakened to where I am in my vibratory pattern. There's probably just as many. In fact, there's more that make me look like a baby because we're only in the third run from the bottom here. Okay. So, you know, the, the person who thinks they're the most awake person on the face of this planet is only the third run from the bottom run. In fact, you're only in the first place, the very first place that people are actually self-aware. Okay. That's how low on the totem pole everyone here is, no matter how intelligent you think you are, no matter how awake you are. You're literally here in the place where people are awake for the very first time and they're self-aware that they are something other than whatever they were before, a plant, a dog, a cat, a piece of grass, air, whatever, right? <laughs> okay, I'm going to continue. The second mental discipline is acceptance of the completeness within your consciousness. It is not for a being of polarity in the physical consciousness to pick and choose among attributes, thus building the roles that cause blockages and confusions in the already distorted mind complex. Each acceptance smooths part of the many distortions that the faculty you call judgment engenders. The third discipline of the mind is a repetition of the first but with the gaze outward towards the fellow entities that it meets. 
in each entity there exists completeness. Thus, the ability to understand each balance is necessary. When you view patients, you are responsible for mirroring in your mental understanding, patience in patience. When you view impatience, it is necessary for your mental configuration of understanding to be impatience patience. We use this as a simple example. Most configurations of mind have many facets, and understanding of either self-polarities, or what you would call other self-polarities, can and must be understood as subtle work. The next step is the acceptance of the other self-polarities, which mirrors the second step. So what he meant there, or what they meant when they said uh, impatience, patience, right? Impatience slash patience. That's when you have to see and realize your own impatience. That's the ego. And you have to have patience with your impatience. To balance your impatience, you have to then have patience. So you need to recognize the ego when it flares. This is how you defeat the ego. But it is also how you learn. When the ego is offended or triggered or in some way becomes impatient, your job is to then become patient with the impatience and then deal with that. What? Why am I being impatient with this? That's the same as controlling your anger, do you see? When you get angry with something, you need to stop and go, why am I being triggered and becoming an angry? You have to choose to be angry or it's a something that was programmed in you by yourself, society, or your parents or people around you. So you get triggered and then you have to say, why did I just get triggered? And you have to be able to recognize that it takes time. Everything takes work. That's why I paused here. Everything takes work, right? So at the beginning, it's very hard to recognize or to stop yourself from either, in this case, impatience. And that's what he's using uh, for that distortion. Okay, so anger, fear, aggression, all the things that lead to the dark side, right? All the negative thoughts in your head comes from your ego. Ego, the only time ego gives you positive thoughts is because of a double negative, right? I am the best in the world. I am the baddest in the world. I am the greatest in the world. That is that is the negative that you're turning. Your ego is trying to turn to a positive. I am so great at this. That's why I'm so powerful. That's why I'm so rich. That's why everything. That's the ego justifying your actions and you getting acolytes. So you're searching for the acolytes. Do you see? So. The same thing if someone triggers you or if you become impatient, like with me when I'm talking, oh, God, now he's fucking rambling on. You have to go, why is it that I am being impatient with him? What is it that is happening to me that is causing me to be impatient? That is you being patient with your impatience. And that is what Raw is talking about, impatient slash patient, being impatient, patient. So you're being patient with your impatientness. And you're then doing the shadow work. You're trying to understand why it is that you're uh, having that impatience. And once you start to, to figure that, right, let's see what Simone says. When, when you resist the flow and what happens during the flow, I'm going to put it up on the screen. For those of you who have the MP4 file uh, version, you can see it there. For those of you listening on the MP3 file, I will continue reading, right? Let me start over again. When you resist the flow and what happens during the flow, it is the fear self, a.k.a. ego. This is perfect, Simone. 
trying to take over the journey and the result. That's why I put that up. That was absolutely perfect and absolutely a gr the greatest insight into what is happening. And I, and I like the way you told that. Okay. And then, and then Simone goes on to say a, a meditation thought that helps with impatience is that you don't step into the same river twice. That is, that is why I, I use the saying, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. Right. So what Simone and, and what I just said means is that you have to then recognize this is what caused me to become impatient or that distortion, anger, fear, aggression. And the next time that comes, you have to be able to say, oh, wait a minute. That's that same feeling that I got before and the same trigger. So then you stop that. So that's where I was saying it becomes easier to deal with the ego in time. We fear the loop of suffering. This is Simone saying again, unless it's Simon. I apologize if it's Simon, but it looks like Simone. So it looks like a woman. I apologize. You should let me know. I think we talked about this before, but I don't remember everybody I talked to because I talked to thousands of people, not kidding, <laughs> a week, right? Sometimes hundreds a day. That's why I apologize. Um, we fear the loop. This is a quote again from uh, Simone. We fear the loop of suffering. That's all, right? So it is Simone. Right. Not Simon. OK. Uh, so, yes. So we fear the loop of suffering. And that is the truth. That is what the ego, the ego fears itself. That's the weird thing. But it's designed that way. Right. So fear, you know, you've heard the saying, if you're in America, you've heard the saying, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. That is the truth. There is nothing to fear but ego itself. And what is ego? Ego is always coming from a place of fear because ego doesn't have the ability to create. Because ego is void of the light. That's where you get into this whole spiritual thing. And people go, oh, no, now he's talking religion. No. Religion is, is companies, corporations that are trying to put your ass in seats and have you pay them a percentage of your income for the rest of your life. And then they teach you absolutely nothing. But they pretend that they do. And they tell you that you're, they're making you a better person. If you ignore all of that, you can become a better person by, if you don't get caught up in their dogma. But if you actually get caught up in their dogma, they'll turn you into a religious zealot. And, and then the, you'll either end up becoming a terrorist or you'll end up just paying all of your money and wasting your life. And eventually you'll quit the church because you'll realize it's folly. I'm not saying that churches are because you can go to churches and they're a great thing. But the problem is the institutions have been corrupted, all of them. Okay, there is not a single institution on the face of this earth. Once it becomes public, or they start hiring a board of directors, or they start hiring uh, people to work at the company, quickly because people who want power and seek power will constantly vibrate into that position, and they'll try to to position themselves into a position of power. So if they want to be a, a charlatan. Well, I talked about this with uh, with another reverend. He and I were on the air about four weeks ago, and we talked about this, where his father did that. And he was an evangelical, and he went around, and he learned that, but he became disillusioned because he felt like he, he knew that it, it didn't matter whether he was spiritual or not. It was literally, uh, you know, the Jedi mind trick that was getting him paid. And I said, that's the, the double-edged sword of everything. The truth is, and this is, goes back to the beginning of what Ross said here in the beginning of the session, that you are the conduit. 
Okay, so either, and here's the thing, and this is this is where it's very important at this juncture. Right now, I sound like old uh, Bush Jr., right? At this juncture, it wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. What's prudent at this juncture, what is actually prudent at this juncture, is that the whole realization of the yin and the yang, the positive and negative, the light, the darkness, all of that feeds the whole. So the truth is, the charlatan benefits the innocent-minded just as much as the holy man. They don't want you to know that, but it. But that's the truth. So if you take advantage of people, eventually they realize you're taking advantage of them. You might, if you have to leave, and if you leave and you constantly keep moving, it'll be less and less likely that people will see that you're a charlatan and you can make enough money. That's why these people do that. And they go around the world and they end up having five mansions and they drive all kinds of uh, Cadillacs and Mercedes and, and all this stuff. Uh, uh, but they are helping people. But they don't have a spiritual bone in their body. They don't care. Some of them actually do, but they're still very in service to self. They're not pious whatsoever. So they're not leading a pious life, a simple life, a humble life. While they're doing this, they're getting the riches. And instead of returning the riches to the people, they're using those riches for themselves. Okay? So... It doesn't really matter because the truth is ignorance is bliss. Eventually, if you're a charlatan, people will figure it out and stop listening to you. And then they have learned something. And that is part of the experience that you're supposed to learn here. Okay. And I and, and see, I'm one of those people that's not afraid to tell the truth. I'm not going to say to you, you can't be evil and you have to only be good. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm not here to save your soul. That's completely up to you. Jesus the Christ, Muhammad the, the prophet, those people, Moses, uh, uh, before them, David, Elijah, you know, the, the, all the prophets, whatever religion you listen to, Krishna, whatever you listen to, whether it was Ganesh, doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever the hero is that you listen to from your religion, that savior character is your savory character. And that's the person that it came here to do that. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not trying to compare myself to that. I am not trying to in any way say that I am. Okay. So I'm not that kind of angel. I'm here to give you the information that they were trying to give you. And I don't have any intention of, of sacrificing myself uh, for the, for the, that's already been done. There's no reason. Maybe there'll be another one. Maybe this Jesus, who was the last uh, one that came, Right. Maybe there'll be another one with a different name that'll that'll come and do the same thing. That's not my job. I'm not that soul on some level. I am, but I'm not here for that reason. I'm here to teach. I'm here to help you. I'm here to decipher. I'm here to guide. OK, uh, if I do end up dying for the cause. OK, but don't make a religion after me if I do. OK, that's I'm not I'm not that holy man. That's the you know, that is is here to sacrifice himself. I could put myself in that position if I were if I were in service to self and make you all believe that I was Jesus or the next coming of the next Christ. It's actually not that hard. Most of the people on this planet are dying, literally some, but most of the people just want to be led. And that's unfortunately, that's the programming that is this matrix. And that's why they glean onto and clutch onto this evil religion that is politics, business, war, 
and and uh, the hierarchy, you know, the caste system that is in charge of everything because you feel that you are not a leader and that you need to be led because everything has been lied to and told you upside down as above. So below that's a lie. It's as below. So above it's even in the, the Christian Bible as within. So without is the truth, not as without. So within that it's all, both of those being told the way they are, are being told as if there is a higher power that's in charge and that you are lower than that power. And that is just not true. And the, all of the religions are trying to tell you that. Okay. All of the religions are trying to tell you that. And most of the books were taken out of those religions that went beyond that. And we found those in 1948 in the Dead Sea. The scrolls that were taken out of when the, the second, first and second council of Nicaea, or Nice, depending on, on where you came from. And that was Constantine. Before that, David did it. There were many councils that took many books out of and reorganized and reshuffled what is now the modern Judeo Western Judeo Christian Bible. Okay, and all of the other ones uh, you can read all of the scrolls from any religion and all their backstory and find out. And I'm going to do a documentary about that uh, where I do that comparative and show you. That's becoming pretty difficult because they're all. Uh, uh, like when you get to the Mesopotamian, like mostly the Mesopotamian and the Arcadian, because they existed at the same time, they smear the two together. And that's how you came up with the Anunnaki. It's because you took, because there was an Anu, a god Anu, that was in the Arcadian uh, hierarchy. Uh, and then the translation of the Mesopotamian word Anu, they thought that was the god they were referring to from the other kingdom, which was only, I mean, they literally had a border, right? So. So they, they were like, well, that must be the God they were talking about. And so when they said Anunnaki, then that became a, a, a position, a, a people. And, it, and now it's uh, written in history. So it has become and it will become eventually a, a reality because enough people will believe it. That's not its origin is, is human error. Error in 1948 or 1969 by Zachariah Station. That was the error that started all of that. And if you read the scroll of truth, and from the Dead Sea, the Scroll of Truth, it talks about error. And they give error a female uh, connotation. Error. Okay. So that's the ego. So if you read the Book of Truth, I just had a buddy of mine who started listening to it. And he was like, I gave him this version that had uh, the um, had music playing, or I should say, had the God uh, um, uh, megahertz playing in the background, and then they were reading at a at a very slow cadence that went with that to create uh, a uh, within your body a a uh, vibration of meditation. And he, in fact, said he started listening to it. And by the end of it, he actually was uh, found himself halfway in between in a trance state, halfway in between awake and asleep. And uh, it was when the music stopped that it snapped him back into this reality. And I said, good, we'll have to talk about what you gleaned from that, because it's designed to do that. Uh, and that's why the people put that together the way that they did. But if you read it on your own, it'll, you'll just go at your own, at, at your own speed. But there, still, uh, you, you can get what is being told, not just on the face. On the face, it's just the story of Jesus and his creations and beginnings and everything that Jesus did. So if you're just a, a person that's that's reading that, you're all very superficial. You'll uh, and if you're not Christian, you'll get annoyed with it and you won't finish reading it. 
it's kind of like reading the uh, revelations in the Christian Bible. If, if you just take that for, oh, well, this is something that's going to happen at the end of the world. Um, you know, be the belief that the Kali Yuga, the Ragnarok, the, the time of troubles, the time of tribulation, the Armageddon is somewhere into the future uh, is folly. It's It's been uh, happening on this planet for about 150,000 years. And it's part of, in fact, that story uh, and the books uh, in the Christian Bible, I've talked about this, the, the books of the, to the churches, the letters to the churches are, in fact, telling you how to balance your chakras to balance what Ra is talking about now. Okay, so is the Exodus in the Bible. Same exact, uh, it's a parable of the same exact story that they're trying to tell you, which is what Ra is telling us right here. Okay, so Simone says, I've noticed that by just opening up and calming with logic, let's put this up on the screen, calming with logical thought and emotions you don't actually give, you don't fear people taking, talking, or taking, I'm not reading with my glasses on, I apologize, you just be or you just are, right? Uh, puts a new perspective in the, the give and take mentality, right? It's a toddler's game. No, you're right. That's what I'm, that's what I was referring to. That's why I, when I saw that, I jumped on it and put you up on the screen. It is a toddler's game. That's exactly what it is. If that makes any sense to you, it does. It is all of this. Everything is that, that we're going through here is as simple as a child's story. Yes, the Book of Truth, Peter Coyle from Ireland, uh, one of my buddies. In fact, he's also in a coalition. He and I are in a coalition together, one of the world coalitions on and off world. Uh, he says, Book of Truth, right? And then it says, can some, can some, it's, he's speaking to his phone and it's not picking up exactly what he's saying. The scrolls of Nag Hammadi, yes, Nag Hammadi are all the Dead Sea Scrolls. So if you read the Nag Hammadi, or, or however you say that, um, however you want to pronounce that, that's like saying a thoth or toth or, or toth or tot, uh, depends on uh, how, you know, potato, potato, right? So the, the second truth of Christ, yes, and it is the second truth of Christ on its lowest vibration. And then there's more to that scroll on a higher vibration. Uh, and, and one of which tells um, that the Jesus character isn't just that human that was here and that there was more to that. I'm not going to get in, into that because that would be something that I'll maybe do the scrolls one at a time uh, in which Peter, I'll have to have you on and maybe we'll, we'll do that together when we do the Book of Truth and then the Book of Kells. <laughs> if we do the Book of Kells, that could be a series in and of itself that might last us for the rest of eternity. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and continue uh, with the Law of One, but you should read that. And Peter's agreeing. You should read the Book of Truth. Uh, if you are a Christian, you'll get a lot out of it just on its face, just by reading the words. But it's also esoteric. Everything in the Bible, in every Bible, not just the Judeo-Christian Bible, not just the, the Muslim Bible, not just the... Uh, you know, all of them, every single Bible, they're all the same. They're all just as esoteric. There's information in there that is not the information that is just what's being said with the words literally. Okay. All right, let's continue. So wait, let me recap really quickly. You have to balance and be patient with your ego 
And then the first step of avoiding the trap is knowing if it's existence. So know the ego is going to try and trap you and bring you down to that negativeness. And when it triggers, you have to stop it so that you don't lash out at someone and then ask yourself, even if you just do it mentally really quickly, what was it that triggered me? Why did I get triggered there? What, what am I doing that for? And, and then is that something pre-planned? It was this something that was, uh, you know, put upon me or is it something that I programmed? Why did that just happen to me? That's something that is a distortion, which is what Ra's talking about. Okay. So the fifth step involves observing the, the uh, geographical and, geometrical relationship and ratios of the mind and the other mind. Now, when we get to that and the mass mind, so the mind and the other mind, the mind is, is the mind that you're thinking with the other mind is your higher self, or you could say your higher consciousness and your super consciousness. And then the mass mind is the, is the collective consciousness of the earth and then above that of the galaxy and above that of the universe and above that of the multiverse and above that of back to the one. Okay. And all of those are different octaves and different levels that we achieve over time going from this construct of individuality and individual thought and then merging with our own consciousness and our higher consciousness as the observer, as the, as the creation, as the uh, extension uh, as the experiencer and experience E and then to a higher collective consciousness and then above, like I said. All right. So let's continue. These are the first four steps of learning mental discipline. The fifth step involves observing the geographical and geometrical relationships and ratios of the mind, the other mind, the mass mind and the infinite mind. The second area of learned teaching is the study understanding of the body complexes. It is necessary to know your body well. This is a matter of using the mind to examine how the feelings, the biases, what you would call the emotions, affect various portions of the body complex. It should be necessary to both understand the bodily polarities and to accept them, repeating in a chemical physical manifestation the work you have done upon the mind bethinking the consciousness. The body is a creature of the mind's creation. It has its biases. The biological bias must be first completely understood and then the opposite bias allowed to find full expression in understanding. Again, the process of acceptance of the body as a balanced, as well as polarized, individual may then be accomplished. It is then the task to extend this understanding to the bodies of the other selves whom you will meet. The simplest example of this is the understanding that each biological male is female, each biological female is male. This is a simple example. However, in almost every case wherein you are attempting the understanding of the body of self or other self, you will again find that the most subtle discernment is necessary in order to fully grasp the polarity complexes involved. At this time, we would suggest closing the description until the next time of work so that we may devote time to the third area commensurate with its importance. We can answer a query if it is a short one before we leave this instrument. Question 5.3. Questioner, is the instrument comfortable? Is there anything that we can do to increase the comfort of the instrument? Answer, I am Ra. The candle could be rotated clockwise approximately 10 degrees each session to improve the flow of spiraled energy through the being's receiving mechanisms. This particular configuration is well otherwise. 
but we ask that the objects described and used be centered with geometric care and checked from time to time. Also that they not be exposed to that space-time in which work is not of importance. I am Ra. I leave this instrument in the love and light of the one infinite creator. Go forth rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one creator. Adonai. Alright, it will it should click to the next video. I will let like I said, they monetized it. So I'm gonna let it play the commercial. <clears throat> like I said, I'm gonna have to do some work from now on and go and get the uh, and just copy and paste from the book and then um, I'm just gonna do the work on myself and do that. Uh, because they monetize it, I don't want to offend them by not playing their commercial. Okay. Any competition she took part in, she was known as the contest queen because she had Although I'm not going to play 30 minutes worth of that commercial. <laughs> so starting next week, you'll see that it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be, it won't be the way this, this format, I'm going to put it into uh, the format. Uh, you'll see it'll be different because it's going to be run through my computer program and we will have a female voice that'll be softer and it uh, uh, won't be as annoying. Uh, right. But I love these guys and I did, I used them for, uh, for two and a half years. Uh, three years now, and now they've monetized, which is uh, if I completely, if I cut out their commercial and don't show it, then they can say that I'm, I'm not, you know, not uh, uh, going along with what they want. And then they can stop me from, uh, and even sue me for having it uh, on there. So this will be the last time I play their videos. And from now on, I will go and I will get the information from the book uh, and, uh, and I'll put it to, uh, through my own program and play it each week okay uh, so you won't miss anything it just won't be that uh that voice that you're hearing it won't be the english male's voice i'll use a female voice because it is in fact a woman who's i've always bothered me that i hear a man's voice when it's actually a woman <laughs> right but it'll, the questioner being dawn will also be a, a female voice uh, so either way you got one or the other but uh it'll be at least be a softer voice so this will be the last time that you hear this last time i use it it's the first time they monetized it so, so it'll be the last time I use their stuff. So we'll continue today. And then uh, next week, we will continue without without using their stuff. I'll just have to do it. I knew I was going to eventually have to do it myself. Anyways, I've just been putting it off. Okay, here's here's some more of the, of the Law of One uh, session, um, part two of session uh, three, right? No, session five. I apologize. I am Ra. I greet you in the love and the light of the infinite creator. I communicate now. Question 6.1. Questioner, we would like to continue the material from yesterday. Answer, I am Ra. This is well with us. We proceed now with the third area of teach learning concerning the development of the energy powers of healing. Sorry, this, that was the end of session five. This is, there was only three questions in there, and now we're on session six. I apologize. So now we're on to, uh, on to the third part, uh, which is what they were getting into, uh, the third part, because they were saying the fifth, but it was the fifth part total, and then they were getting into the third. So we'll continue with that, okay? The third area is the spiritual complex which embodies the fields of force and consciousness which are the least distorted of your mind, body, spirit complex. The exploration and balancing of the spirit complex is indeed the longest and most subtle part of your learned teaching. We have considered the mind as a tree. The mind, 
controls the body. With the mind single-pointed, balanced, and aware, the body comfortable in whatever biases and distortions make it appropriately balanced for that instrument, the instrument is then ready to proceed with the great work. That is the work of wind and fire. The spiritual body energy field is a pathway or channel. When body and mind are receptive and open, then the spirit can become a functioning shuttle or communicator from the entity's individual energy of will upwards, and from the streamings of the creative fire and wind downwards. The healing ability, like all other, what this instrument would call paranormal abilities, is affected by the opening of a pathway or shuttle into intelligent infinity. There are many upon your plane who have a random hole or gateway in their spirit energy field, sometimes created by the ingestion of chemicals such as what this instrument would call LSD. Not just LSD, but any you know any of the different narcotics, right? The, especially the hallucinogens like uh, you know DMT, ayahuasca, uh, THC in marijuana. Uh, done in, in, in uh, you know enough THC in your system when most of the stuff you buy online only has a but THC level of about 50 uh, parts per million uh, you know you can take that and you can smoke a lot of it and get it upwards when I was younger we were we were smoking stuff that had like a hundred uh, um, you know parts per million THC uh, and that, that stuff you know it's called indica today you know indica couch. Uh, because that stuff would get you super, super high, and you have to know what you're doing with it. It's just like taking a, an hallucinogen. Uh, if you don't know what you're doing with it, you're just going to have a bad trip because your ego will then be in control of your trip, right? So again, this is like they were saying, like like Raw was saying, the most subtle areas of, uh, which is unfortunately the one of the more important areas of balancing is that id versus the ego or the conscience not consciousness conscience versus the ego uh and, and balancing that to achieve a higher vibration where it's just your immortal soul and i and i teach that in that 30 second uh, um, uh 30 second meditation in fact i want to do that really quickly because there's some of you here that haven't been here before and those of you who haven't I'll have you do that. Those of you who have, you'll you know be able to do that. And you'll probably enjoy doing it because normally that's, uh, you know what what I get from that. So thirty seconds is all that it'll take. Okay, and hopefully wherever you're at listening, um, uh, find yourself a place where you can either sit down, especially, or if you're driving, pull over, <clears throat> right? Because I'm going to have you relax. Uh, you want to you want to get to a place where there's no sound, so you can turn off everything except for obviously us, my voice, right? Uh, but try to get, if you're in traffic, try to ignore it, but it would be better if you could get into a place where in your house or whatever, where you can turn everything off, uh, and turn the ringer off on your phone so that your phone doesn't go bleep, bleep, bleep all the time when we're, uh, trying to do this because anything that distracts you is going to distract you. So, you know, that if you're, if you practice meditation, you know, where we're going and how we're going to get there. And like I said, it'll take 30 seconds. <clears throat> and what I'll do is I'm going to have you do something. And then I'm going to ask you a question at the end. And I'll be and I'll shut up for that 30 seconds. OK, and uh, I'm doing this to prove uh, to you a point uh, to show you something. Those of you who've done this before, you know where I'm going and you know uh, what what happens here and why. Those of you who haven't done this, it's a very simple thing just to show you. And we'll talk about it afterwards. Uh, so what I want you to do is, is I want you to close your eyes. 
sitting in a comfortable position. You don't have to be sitting Lotus style or Indian style or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just sit where you're comfortable, where you can close your eyes and not fall over or crash or do whatever that you're doing. Uh, and hopefully no one's going to be talking to you. Hey, what are you doing over there? You sleeping? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. So what I want you to do is, is, is close your eyes when I, when I tell you to. And then uh, what I want you to do is I want you to focus completely only on your breath. Okay. I don't want you thinking about anything but your breath. You want to focus just on your breath, inhaling and exhaling, what that is feeling like in your body. Okay. And when you do that, uh, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll shut up and I'll tell you to go. I'll shut up and I will, I'm going to count down from 30 seconds. So you don't have to worry about counting down. It's going to seem a lot longer to you because when you're, when you're waiting and you know, like if you're on hold on the phone, 30 seconds seems like 10 minutes, right? So I want you to, to do that when I tell you to start. And then at the end of it, I'm going to ask you a question and how you answer that question. And, and I want you guys to answer truthfully in the chat, right? And, and then I'll explain what and why and, and, and what's going on, okay? So uh, everybody close your eyes and start breathing. And pay, like I said, pay attention to only your breath. And, and I will count down, so don't worry about the time. I'm not going to forget you, and I'm not going to leave you there until you fall asleep and, and then laugh about it next week, okay? I'm not going to do that, okay? So everybody that wants to do that, you don't have to, but if you, if you want to, uh, then do that now. Okay, now answer this question in the chat. What were you thinking about while you were just sitting there breathing? If you were doing that right, and you were just, and, and please type in the chat, I know there's a little bit of a lag. Type in the chat. What were you thinking about when you were doing that? The answer to that question should be nothing. Should be breathing. Okay. That is, when you achieve that, no one's typing anything in the chat, so I either lost you or you guys are all sleeping, or there's a, a more than a 30-second lag. It, 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 while you're doing that is where what everyone is trying to achieve through meditation is getting to that place. When you were in that place and you were only thinking about your breath and you were just it, you know, experiencing your breath, inhaling, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling. You're not thinking. At that point, I pulled your vibration up out of the way, above the reach of your thinking mind, which is not you. The thinking mind is just this pile of goo that's in your head. And your ego, they can't reach you there. That is the place your ego is trying to keep you from achieving is that consciousness. Your mind is just doing its job. Your mind is a construct. It's in charge of the pain body. So it's supposed to interpret whatever it is that you're thinking of. So when you create the thought in your, in your consciousness outside of the thinking mind, it's the entire concept happens all instantaneously. 
then the mind gets a hold of that and reorganizes it into the vocabulary of whatever language that you're going to say it out loud in or whatever language you were taught as your first language, and that's what you would be thinking in your head, okay? Or whatever language of, like, say you, you grew up in Mexico, but you live in America now and you primarily speak American English, then you start thinking with American English because you get used to doing that. You know what I mean? That's, that's what people do. But some people hold on to the thought of, of their original language and then translate it into the language that they want to talk to other people in. So when you achieve that place, that's who you actually are. This is what Raw is referring to here in that balance and getting to that higher uh, self or the other mind. Not the mind, but the other mind. And then the, the, the extension of that being the hive mind. Okay? So... That is who you are. You're not the thinking mind. You, and most people are associated with the thinking mind and they think that's who they are. I think, therefore I am. That's another misnomer. That's another one of those sayings that is designed to keep you locked into this matrix. I think, therefore I am. Right? Uh, that was a, a philosopher uh, 4,000 years ago who thought that up. Well, that, that was, for that time, that was very advanced but the truth is, it was not, because it's not. It should have been, I create, therefore I am. That should have been the actual realization. That should have been the epiphany. But to say that, back then, no one would have gotten it. So to say, I think, therefore I am, that is, that is in reference to, to I'm thinking. So literally, that was someone who said that was here for the first time. And that description of being here for the first time would resonate with everybody that's here because this is where you are for the first time self-aware. So I think, therefore, I am works on that child scale for children. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> I have phlegm. <clears throat> I should mute my microphone and clear that. Hold on a second. Sorry, I apologize for that. So that works for the child's mind. If you're past that childlike mind and you're already into your adolescence and you're starting to understand or understand what the ego is and what's happening, you know that no longer resonates with you because I think is a construct of this human flesh, of this corporal body. What's happening, in, and you should start achieving that and the realization of that creational conceptual thought, which is above the thinking mind. And that is separate from the mind and separate from the ego. And that's what the ego is trying to keep you from doing at all cost. And all the external egos that are, pre that are programs and pre-programs that are programming us by these things like, I think, therefore I am, or as above, so below, as without, so within, all of that is designed so that you look to a higher source for your place in the universe. And then someone puts themselves in that position and says, I am your teacher. Luke, I am your father. Listen to me. I am the master. Uh, that's because they, they want to keep you here. And they, the only way they can do that is to program your mind into believing that this 3D reality and when I say 3D reality, I'm talking about this density, this place, not your 
spiritual 3D mind. That's one of the biggest problems that people have is that, again, in science, they tell you dimension is a place. in the, So the third dimension is this reality, and that in and of itself is a lie. It is a simple understanding that the scientists have come up with to explain, and, that, and it's wrong. It's like when you ask them, what is gravity? They have no idea, and they'll say, well, it's because the center of the Earth must be. They don't know this is a theory. It's copper. They don't know that because they've never taken a core sample. No one's ever drilled down to the core of this planet to find out if it's, if it's made of something that is generating electricity because it's being spinning. Uh, and that's creating this, this uh, magnetic uh, field on the Earth, and it keeps us here. And if the planet stopped turning, we'd float away. Well, that part's true, but it's not that cause that they're saying the effect they have is right in their theory, but the cause of the theory is wrong. But they won't admit it unless they do, and then they'll actually be honest with you and say, we don't know what gravity is, right? And that's because they're not spiritual and they can't know what gravity is because they're only looking at tangible things, taste, smell, perception. I see it. I can feel it. I can read it. I can therefore track it. Therefore, it is real. Anything beyond that is not real. And that is literally cutting off 75% of the known universe and the unknown universe. Okay. So because of doing that and trying to say everything has an explanation and the explanation has to have something to do with our senses that limits your possible understanding of the universe itself. And because of that, you will never figure out the universe can't can't do it because the the truth is the universe was created by an alien because god was not indigenous to this planet god created this planet whatever you call that that creation figure so therefore that creator in and of itself is not from here okay so therefore that creator created this reality so how could this reality be the know-all, end-all, be-all of what there is in the universe. You can't. Because it's not. Because it was created from something that was here before that. Okay? That's part of the law of one. That's part of the understanding. This is the infinite reality that they were talking about here. That infinite wisdom, that infinite, the, the infinity. That's the part that is the hardest for most people to take the leap of. Okay? is that infinite part. And a lot of people did it through drugs. Now, this is where we're coming back around to the LSD, the ayahuasca, the DMT, uh, THC, other other hallucinogens as well. And it, the, then they, the, the trip that everybody was getting, they want to tell you is just drug-induced because they don't want you thinking for yourself and trying to interpret and then having an epiphany of any kind. They can't because they can't explain it away. So they just say, well, that's drug induced. So therefore it's wrong. Right. Well, the problem with that, here's the problem. The problem with that is people are now achieving that without those hallucinogenic drugs and having the same thing and experience. So they're having a hard time now because now they're going, well, you're delusional because you used to do those drugs. Yeah, 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 that's it. Well, what about all those people that never, ever, ever in their lives did any of those drugs, yet they're having the same kind of experience? Well, that's just a mass psychosis. 
That's how they explain everything away. There is no definitive proof as soon as they tell you that. As soon as they say those words, everything that comes next is a lie. That is the, we have to try and explain that away, and we have no way of explaining that away. So there is no definitive proof. There's no way of knowing whether or not that's true. And all of this just could just be the ego. That's when all of a sudden they get spiritual. All of this just could be being made up in your mind. And, of course, they're referring to the ego now. And you're just trying to have delusions of grandeur, and it's just your ego tripping. And so that's what it is. And all of a sudden they become super spiritual, right, without, without talking about saviors, the other half. They only talk about the negative side of everything and anything because they have no creation because they don't believe in any kind of creation. They don't believe in any kind of uh, afterlife or power that there, there is. And some of these people have to lie because they are spiritual, but they're in that world. And they can't talk about their personal beliefs and spirituality because they'll have all their money and funding taken from them. And they're just hoping that someday they can influence and slowly start changing things and, and hope that maybe they can prove that things are on a spiritual level. And they, that's what they're all the ones who believe are trying to do, but they can't do it without, without coming out. And because of that, it's been uh, stifled purposefully, and therefore you'll never figure it out, and they have an answer for everything that you could possibly do. And, and your ego will just run along with it, right? There's people that are convinced there is no afterlife. It's just the ego's desperation to not end. And so, to, and so to, to pretend that, that there is an afterlife so that you believe in the afterlife is just the ego feeding you that idea and that place. So when you're in this place in your afterlife, that they're trying to tell you that it's just the ego telling you that that's that place. And so therefore, you're still trapped in the ego. You just don't know it. That's kind of like the earth is flat. And they have a, they, the reason they know that is because some guy in the 1700s was able to see the firmament that nobody else can see. And he was the only people, him and his entire crew, were the only ones that were unaffected by the firmament. They were able to find it, right? But you can't, no one else can. And then for some reason, no one since then has ever been immune to the firmament. But it's there because some guy said it in 1777 who was, in fact, trying to set out to prove the world was flat. Okay. And he sailed 70,000 miles in one direction without provisions, weird, and then sailed back 70,000 miles without provisions, weird. So they, I don't know when they ran out of food and water or where they stored 70,000 miles because the earth, in fact, is only about, what, uh, 10,000 miles around, if that, right? So they went 70,000 or even though they only went, let's just, let's just pretend they went 17,000. Let's pretend they went 7,000. In the 1700s, they didn't have motors. They were sailing or they were rowing. So you're, you're going to tell me they, they sailed all the way the distance of what we now know is the entire face of the earth without ever having to stop for water or food. Ever. And they did it twice. Because they went one way, and there was no islands there because it was just the firmament. And then they came back to the place where they had turned down the firmament and then turned to come home. So they didn't, they didn't get any provisions for at least, at least minimum 14,000 miles. People can't go from Europe to America, which is just above 3,000 miles, without having to stop for provisions. Today we can because we can get there in, a, in like a day or two. But it used to take a month to sail 
all the way across the pond. It didn't it wasn't like now where it took an hour and a half by plane. Okay. So if it took that long, say a month to go from here, you know, to, to South America, they had to stop along the way two, three, four, five times. But these guys didn't, right? So the same thing goes here. They they can't they can't take that leap of faith in any way. So you're either spiritual or you're not. And and that's that's where they are. It's just like with the whole uh, you know, with the whole uh, uh, archaeological digs. You're either spiritual or you're not. So you either just believe that, and which is weird because every every documentary, whenever they find anything, immediately says this was a religion, and this was the place where they must have sacrificed people and they had uh, big religious rites. It's not always a religious place. Sometimes they were playing fucking football, man. <laughs> okay. They found that the Aztecs were, that's where they, they came up with lacrosse and something else was invented from the natives. And they found that, that a couple of the games were, were in fact, just games. Okay. They were just games that they were playing. It was not a religion. It was not a, a, a spiritual event where everybody was getting high and seeing God. They were all, it was like the Roman Colosseum. Okay. So it's not always what they want to tell you. But then again, they always try to tell you when, when first they go, oh, this is, has nothing to do with spirituality, yet this was the place of worship. So they always say that, which is weird. But then they don't want to have any more part of that. There's no other mysticism here. Look away, look away now. It's not part of what we're here to, to get paid for. We're not trying to prove that. We're just trying to prove that there was uh, uh, places that people lived back then. And that's all we're trying to prove. We don't want to find out how they actually live, but we have to find out how they live. But we don't want to know anything about their spirituality. Why? They don't want you knowing anything about their spirituality or yours. That's why. All right, let's continue. You are able, randomly and without control, to tap into energy sources. They may or may not be entities who wish to serve. The purpose of carefully and consciously opening this channel is to serve in a more dependable way, in a more commonplace or usual way, as seen by the distortion complex of the healer. To others there may appear to be miracles. To the one who has carefully opened the door to intelligent infinity this is ordinary, this is commonplace, this is as it should be. The life experience becomes somewhat transformed and the great work goes on. At this time we feel these exercises suffice for your beginning. We will, at a future time, when you feel you have accomplished that which is set before you, begin to guide you into a more precise understanding of the functions and uses of this gateway and the experience of healing. Question 6.2 Questioner, I've been asked if it is possible for Tom Flaherty to attend one of these communication sessions tomorrow. Are you familiar with the entity, Tom Flaherty? Answer, I am Ra. This mind, body, spirit complex, sound vibration, Tom Flaherty, is acceptable. We caution you to carefully instruct this entity in the frame of mind and various appurtenances which you must understand before it is conducted into the circle. Question 6.3. Questioner, I'm not quite sure what you mean by appurtenances. Ra, I was referring to the symbolic objects which trigger this instrument's distortions towards love light. The placement and loving acceptance of the bio-present is important in the nurturing of this instrument. Therefore, the appurtenances involved must be described and their presence explained in your own words at each learning, for you have the proper attitude for the required results. Question 6.4 Questioner, I think this might be an appropriate time to include a little more background on yourself, 
possibly information having to do with where you came from prior to your involvement with planet Earth, if this is possible. Answer, I am Ra. I am, with the social memory complex of which I am a part, one of those who voyaged outward from another planet within your own solar system, as this entity would call it. The planetary influence was that you call Venus. We are a race old in your measures. When we were at the sixth dimension our physical beings were what you would call golden. We were tall and somewhat delicate. Our physical body complex covering, which you call the integument, had a golden luster. In this form we decided to come among your peoples. Your peoples at that time were much unlike us in physical appearance, as you might call it. We, thus, did not mix well with the population and were obviously other than they. Thus, our visit was relatively short, for we found ourselves in the hypocritical position of being acclaimed as other than your other selves. This was the time during which we built the structures in which you show interest. Question. Okay, I'm going to stop there really quickly. One, I wanted to say welcome, Celeste, right? It never gets old, right? <laughs> so Raw that now Raw is literally talking about when they were here and built the pyramids. And they saw themselves in a position to where the people that were here were seeing them as gods. That's what he was talking about. Okay. So that's where the, the sun god Ra comes into play in the in the pantheon that we now have as the Egyptian. Uh, pantheon okay uh, and and they did introduce the law of one the the idea of one true creator of the universe a monotheistic male female uh, androgynous creator and uh, the hebrews then adopted that as well because they as well had the prophets telling them that and when Jesus got here, Jesus was trying to say the same thing. And those are why all those books were taken out of the out of the canon, out of the Bible, because they couldn't have you believing that they would. They were OK with you believing Jesus was God, the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and I'm the Patri of Fili Spiritu Sancti, which literally translates to in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That they that Trinity they were okay with. That's what they wanted to paint. They wanted Jesus to become God Himself, even though Jesus was in fact just the Savior character. It doesn't matter. It's okay to venerate. Uh, you know, like there is only one God, and Muhammad is the prophet. It's okay to take Muhammad and raise Muhammad too, because he was. Muhammad was that same Savior character, that hero with a thousand faces that Joseph Campbell talked about in his book. Okay. So I'm going to stop here because then they're going to get more into other details. So I want to cover this again. So I want to go back one question next week and uh, and, uh, and play that again and then go forward because this is start they start to change uh, what they're talking about here uh, and then they move past that. So you'll hear that again next week. But in, like I said, next week I won't be using Muffy Mouse anymore, Muffy Moose anymore because they monetized and I don't want to have offend them by not playing their commercials. So now that they're playing commercials, I will be taking the book myself, putting it on my own program, and you'll hear a female voice, which is rightly so because it is in fact Carla. Rutger, who is in fact uh, channeling Ra, so the uh, so the questions and the answers will be asked by a female voice. Uh, I'll put that into my own program. I believe I still have it. If I don't, I'll just grab another program. Uh, the, they're they're there, right? So yeah, so the Trinity 
uh, says the Holy Trinity is in so many cultures. Yeah, and, and they, they, they've tried to corrupt all of the religions and push them all into one basket anyways throughout time. That's why if you look at all of the creations uh, uh, stories of every single religion, they're all the same. They just change. Uh, by either a um, you know male dominated or a female dominated god or a dual you know uh, dual gods like you have in the uh, in the uh, 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 Bohemian religion of the Vikings you have Odin and Freyr being the male and female equal god goddess uh, and then the uh, if you look at the Celts the Irish they come they come down to where it's weird because the the everyone attributes the green man in pan to the greeks which is weird because the greeks and the romans have the same god structure with zeus and apollo and and that there wasn't much uh, difference in their uh, structure but yet pan is not anywhere in that structure but yet uh, the english and the europeans claim that pan came from the greeks which is not true pan uh, came from uh came from the the, the uh, uh, Vikings and the southern uh, the southern Vikings which is uh, another form of the horn stag or the green knight or the uh, or chrononos or Cernanos, depends on how you uh, pronounce it uh, which is um, uh, behemoth not not you know Baphomet not not uh, uh, you know not uh, behemoth there's a difference just like uh, there is with Shiva and Shiva right <laughs> right so uh, one's male, one's just like Freyr and Freya and Freya. But one's male, one's female. Uh, and then there's Freyr and Freyr, who are both the one's female and one's male in the Viking religion. So it, you have to realize who you're talking about and how this is how the problem started with Anu uh, and, and the word, uh, you know, Anu na ki being three words, meaning uh, the, the prince or the, the, the princely one or the king came to town or those from the heavens came to earth. Okay, so right, so let's said many names of the same thing, and they mean the same thing. So that that's it, it's all. If you look at every single, I've talked about this, and I'm going to do a documentary about it and do a whole uh, 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 thing showing this. Uh, if you look at Joseph Campbell's book, and it's really thick, thousand pages or so, uh, of uh, heroes of a thousand faces or the hero with a thousand faces, he was onto it as well. When you read all the scrolls, you realize. The one thing they have in common is that the story is almost identical. They just change a few things, like in the Viking, uh, uh, the when they destroy uh, the Tiamat character, they use the skull uh, to make the sc the sky, and then the half of the skull is the sky, and the other half is the is the the uh, land, the earth. So you have Midgard now, and then they take the uh, you know the the eyes and the and the teeth and make the stars, and then if you go over to Marduk. They kill Tiamat, and Tiamat's the dragon. That's the dragon of the North Sea from the Viking uh, story. And now you have Marduk, who is the Thor character who fights uh, his mother, the goddess. It's actually his grandmother, if you look at the Akkadian mix with the uh, with those. I was looking at that, but it's actually supposed to be his mother in, in, in any case. Uh, he becomes the savior character. He's actually third or fourth down from Tiamat, which is odd unless you listen to the to the Mesopotamian version, and then it's then he's not third or fourth run down uh, as a demigod. Uh, 
but in, in the Acadian version, he is, or the two when they mix them together. That's where the thing gets all weird that I was talking about earlier, and I kind of touched on it. However, it's still the same character. And then they took the part of her skull and put it into the sky and made the sky, and the other half of the skull became the earth. It's the same in all pantheons where something that they destroy, and it's usually some dragon. Uh, in Jesus fought the serpent, which is what is a dragon, but a serpent, right? The dragon is a reptile. A snake is a reptile. He fought the reptilian. So Jesus fights the reptilian, but he fights the reptilian in the garden who tempts him. So it's not an actual battle. It's a battle of wits, not a physical uh, uh, conventional warfare. It's the battle of wits, but it's still the same fight. It's just told differently, do you see? And then Jesus defeats the dragon. But Jesus isn't the creator of the universe in that story. The universe was already created before Jesus got here, do you see? So they changed the story slightly, but then they changed the name of the God to fit the, the hero character or the savior character, but they're all exactly the same. And the story just changes by whether you're selling it to a monotheistic, if you're selling it to the Hebrews, they believed in one true God was a male-dominated God because their religion came from the same ideology that was the the Romans and the Greeks, right? And the Romans and the Greeks believed that Zeus was the 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 male god who was in control of all the other gods, right? So, and there was no female that was equal. He was the head of the gods, right? And then, right, and then you have uh, Krishna, right? It's also similar. Kanesh and and Shiva is also similar. So when you go further east, you have the same character that did the same saving of the people that defeated uh, either another god, which is what um, uh, uh, what uh, uh, Marduk is, is fighting another god. Tiamat is a goddess, and he's fighting this goddess who is, the, in fact, is the mother goddess of all of creation. But the father goddess of all creation got pissed off at his three sons who were making too much noise and partying all the time. And he was going to murder his own sons. And someone uh, from his court, from the father's court, went to the sons. I think it was Mumu, went to the sons uh, and said, he's going to murder you. So the sons killed him. Then mom got pissed off because they killed her, her man. And she was then raged war on anybody that was in her path and was going to kill the, the sons. And they were trying to find somebody to stop her and kill her. And eventually everybody ran from her and was afraid of her until Marduk showed up. And Marduk became, uh, was, was uh, given the, you're the, the god of all the gods now. And, and he was able to defeat with his arrow, which is weird, right? Because what, Thor and Odin, Odin had a spear and the arrow was what? Shooting a spear or shooting a, a projectile. And every time he threw his projectile, uh, it struck its mark. That was, uh, that was Odin with his with his spear and then you have uh, the warhammer of thor and whatever he threw it at it also struck so you have marduk firing his arrow and his warhammer so he's throwing us projectile with but he's shooting it and then he's throwing his his uh, projectile weapon which is his uh which is mjolnir the same thing so but these creation stories happened uh, oddly uh at the same time but here's the thing they've now discovered in the last year through DNA that the people over there in the East were in fact uh, conquered and owned and operated by the Norwegians. So that, so the, as, it, as time goes on, more and more and more, they're finding out that the people of this earth and all of their history doesn't go to the East, doesn't go to Africa, doesn't go to Australia, but in fact goes to Norway goes back to the Vikings. 
And then no one wants to allow that to happen because nobody wants the Vikings to be the, the people, because you can't have the white people be the people who actually started on this planet first. However, genetically, they're starting to find that that's happened. But that only happened in the last 77,000 years because there was another deluge before the deluge or there was another destruction of the earth prior to the flood. There was, in fact, a, a meteor strike that happened prior to that. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, ne- Neanderthal DNA is still here. Right. So there, there were, I love that you say that, Celeste. Celeste it reminds me of that. There were seven other bipedal human races other than the one that we are that were here. Seven that we're aware of, and we think there was as many as 14. Okay. And uh, some of those DNAs, like the Neanderthals and the, the Denisovans and the, the, what they're calling the hobbits, those are still here. Okay. And that's not even including the African DNA. Right? Seven great tribes. I would suggest that there's probably 12. The reason I say that is that the cyclical nature of the universe is, is a multiples of 12. And if you look at, and this is where I referred to early on, if you look at the the uh, the apocalypse in the Christian Bible, there are 12 churches. No, there's seven churches. I'm, I apologize for that. They're, you're right. The seven tribes are the seven churches, and that's the seven chakras, right? The 12 is is the apostles, and, the, and we'll get into that 12 in a minute, but let's stick with the seven that Celeste brought up. So if you read the apocalypse, and you read this, the letters to the churches. Why are these letters in the church really warning about what's going to happen in the future? No, the churches are the chakras. There are seven major chakras in your body starting at the base root, which is the red root, red ray chakra, and then it moves up from there. Red, orange, yellow, um, green, blue, uh, indigo, right? Purple and violet, right? So the indigo being blue. And then purple and then violet, which is a lighter color with with pink. That's the seven major arcana, the major chakras. So if you read the churches, the letters to the churches, and you look at the chakras, the first letter to the first church is actually esoteric, and it's telling you how to balance that chakra. And then if you read all of the letters in line with the chakras and look at each chakra, the major chakras that, that go up your spine, the kundalini energy, and the balance of the masculine and feminine, war and peace, or the the the, the yin and the yang, right? The the masculine uh, warlike energy and the feminine uh, peace-like or loving energy, which is the kundalini energy, which is the balance energy, and you balance your chakras according to the esotericness but directness of the warning in a, the apocalypse then you are actually balancing your chakras and the apocalypse is actually teaching you how to ascend spiritually. So is the Exodus in the beginning of the Bible. Okay. The Exodus has the same exact number seven plagues as the plagues in the apocalypse. In fact, they're identical. Okay, and those are the tribulations, the time of trouble, the Kali Yuga. Kali is a time. Yuga means troubles, tribulation. Or the other way around. 
time of troubles, time of tribulation. That's the Ragnarok from the Viking folklore. That is the, the apocalypse from the Hebrew and Christian faith and Muslim faith. And all of those, what is the apocalypse? We talked about that. What is the revelation? Jesus Christ's revelation, the revelation of Christ. The revelation is what? The epiphany of thought, a revelation of your mind, revelation of your soul. Do you see? It's esoteric. It's there if you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the mind to, to understand or understand what it is that you're uh, reading. So the exodus out of Egypt is the exodus of you to your soul, and the exodus to your graduation, your ascension. The burning bush talking to Moses is Moses' third eye opening to the infinite wisdom of the universe. It's your third eye opening to the infinite wisdom and knowledge that there is a creator. Do you see? However, the Ten Commandments were a lie. That was something that was a construct of the Orion Crusaders that Ra talks about that is corrupting, that is trying to corrupt the, the uh, churches. And because why? And how do I know that? Well, the, because the creator of the universe created this scenario for you to experience organically. So therefore, there would not be intervention by said creator to tell you, thou shalt not this, you shalt not that, thou shalt not this or that. Because it doesn't matter what you do here. That storyline of the yin and the yang is, what did Simone say? for children. It is a story for children. It's a bedtime story for children. Okay? And what the understanding of that, the understanding of that is the realization that all of this that's happening is unnecessary, but it is necessary. All of it is necessary. And then if you read from the Bible where it's, what does it say in all of the Bibles? The devil shall reign on earth for a time. That suggests a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay, so the devil is corruption, chaos. Chaos is the ego. The ego has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Your thinking process is only directly related to your pain body, which is a construct for you to be in and be veiled. That's part of the chaos and veiling, part of the laws of one. So that you have an organic, not knowing you're the, the one true creator or a part of the one true creator, to have a mortal life and experience mortality. What it means to literally think that you are mortal and can die and will never e exist again. And you're supposed to rise above that after you learn it and fear it. And then rise above that by controlling the ego. And that is everything that Raw has been talking about today that we've played for you is learning to control the ego and stop listening to the ego to then become an adolescent. So that would be a teenager. And from that place to become an adult. And once you become an adult, you no longer have need for the ego. The ego just becomes annoying to you. And you just then are pushing the ego back going, shush, shush, no, 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 not listening to you. Just like you would not listen to a child that tries to tell you how to deal with something. Like a, a child who is about seven 
five to seven or four to seven years old giving an adult instructions on how they should react to somebody or something. That's what the ego is. Okay? So once you realize that, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence, is to realize the ego has its purpose to teach me. I need it. Without it, I won't learn the way that God, or whatever you want to call your creator, doesn't matter the word. A word is just a word. You can say Allah. You can say, you know, Krishna. You can say Ganesh. You can say Odin. You can say Zeus. None of that's important. That's just a name. It's a concept. Whatever makes you feel comfortable, right? So if you're if you get offended, you get triggered by people saying, you know, there is only one prophet. You know, there is only one God, and Muhammad is his prophet. There is only one God, and Jesus is his prophet. Let's go to war, right? Yeah, you can say coffee, right? Simone said you can say coffee. Doesn't matter, <laughs> right? You could say, you know, fingy dunk, right? It's it's as absurd as as pronouns. I I am my pronouns are fingy and donk. You can call me master or God. That is the pronouns that I refer to myself as, <laughs> right? And you know, and that, and and you know, uh, I'm non-binary. Well, I refer, I, I personally, I I sort of tend to fall into the category of um, I associate with the binary code zero one one zero zero one zero. That's that's silly, okay. So it doesn't matter whatever you want to call it. You can call it whatever religion that you like. Whatever, whatever spiritual word you use for your deity, it's not important. The concept of that deity being all-knowing, all-loving, and the creator of the universe is the only thing that matters. Okay? The infinite knowledge and infinite wisdom that is infinite thought. You have to realize infinite thought. You have to realize, let's go back to the very beginning of the law of one. Imagine, you know, that you thought, what did you think today? What thoughts did you think today? And of those thoughts, what thoughts were of the original creation? What were what thoughts were of the original thought that you thought today? Right. The answer to that is yes, all of the above. That is the actual answer to that to the query. Okay. Yes, everything. Everything that I thought comes from the original thought. Everything that I think comes from the original thinker. It comes from the original thought. Why? Because I am that. So are you. So everything that you can imagine, this is where I get back to, there is no story that hasn't already been told. It's just a matter of your version of it. And that's good, though. And I'm not trying to say that that's bad. And I, I should have said that at the time. And here we are, you know, all three hours later. So any of you who made it this far and listened to the beginning, you know, I wasn't trying to say that that would give up and don't tell a story because each individual, the whole purpose of this exercise that's why they call it an exorcism, by the way. The entire reason for this experience, this exercise, is to experience every possible scenario. And so all of us have been separated. We are all thoughts a daydream of the one true creator. Separated just like you do in your own daydream. When you're daydreaming, you're doing the same thing that the creator did when the creator created all of the known universe. 
and all of the people in it. You create a little universe in your mind and a scenario in your mind. And in that little scenario, you have something that you have happening in there. Those people are real in there, in your mind. You don't think that they're not. Where do they go when you're done thinking about them? Do they continue because you created a little pocket universe? Do you ever come back to your daydream that you had before? And when you do, do you pick it up right where you left off? Like you're writing a story? Or do you then go, I wonder where they would be? And then you pick up where they are now and then have to learn what happened to them since the last time you checked in with them. Think about that. That'll blow your fucking mind just going down that road. Okay. So we are separate and we think we're separated from the one true creator as an individual. That's what we're supposed to think here. We're veiled so that we don't remember, but on some level, on a higher level, we know that that's not true. We know that we are the one. That's why when the Andromedans, who were in fact in the eighth, right, in a higher dimension than ours, not quite eighth, but even the vibration that is here, they've already gotten their society past the understanding or understanding of this yin and yang. They already passed that. So they're like, why are you pretending that you're asleep? Why are you pretending that you're that you don't know who you are? They have a hard time with that. Why? Because they don't remember that that's what they were doing there. And yes, Celeste says, we're here to show love. Well, we're here to learn it. That's the next lesson. The fifth, when you go to the fifth the, the dimension or, or density, which is everybody thinks we're just going to try. I'm already in the fifth going to the sixth. No, you're not. Because if you were, you would be like Jesus. Because Jesus, when he came here, came from the fifth and he was all about love. So if you're not completely all about love while you're here saying, I'm in the fifth already, I've transformed into, I've already moved from the third to the fourth, and I'm into the fifth. And and usually the the confused uh, saying is, well, third dimension was before I was spiritual. So because I'm spiritual, that's fourth dimension. And because I realize there's something more than myself, now now I'm in the fifth. That's completely ego. (laughs) Okay, that's completely ego. Because the fifth dimensional thinking and the lesson of the fifth dimension is, in fact, love. Wisdom starts in the fourth, or knowledge starts in the fourth. Love in the fifth, and wisdom in the... So it's knowledge, love, wisdom in the sixth. Okay? So all of the things that we're cramming for now is the same as our school system when you're going from kindergarten, that's what we call it here in America, uh, pre-regular school, and then the grades, one through uh, 12. All of that is giving you a little bit of what you're going to focus more so on in college. So you have all of this, what we call general education, that is for a child, for children. And then when they're adults, then they have prerequisites of certain things that that we want them to learn, but then they get to choose what is their major thing they learn about. There's a reason that we have set up our educational system across the entire planet that way, because we subconsciously know that is the educational system of the one true creator of the universe and the universal mindset. So as children, which is what we are here in this place, you are learning a little bit about everything you're going to focus on when you're in college as an adult. So you're in you're in in school for children and you're supposed to learn what it is that you need to learn to pass the test 
to leave the 12th grade as an adolescent, a teenager, to then become an adult and go to adult school and learn more about each individual thing that you learned a lot about or a little teeny bit about for the whole first 12 years. There's that 12 number again. Okay. And then you go on further from there and you get to choose the field in which you want to focus. And you can then what? You, I can become a priest and learn about love. I can become a, a historian and learn about history, knowledge. I can become a teacher and teach. I can become a doctor and heal, a healer. I can become a mechanic and fix things that need to be fixed that are broken. I can be a creator and create new things. Or on the negative side, I can become a warrior, a soldier in charge of the military, or a businessman in charge of corporations and swashbuckling and taking over and having hostile takeovers of other corporations, or becoming a politician. This is all the negative religion. This is the evil religion. That is the anti-religion to religion. You have to realize that. That all of control, all of anger, all of fear, all of the politics, all of the control of religion, the control of companies, the control of people, the hierarchy that is the caste system is all the spirituality of evil people. That is the spirituality of ego. That is the spirituality of narcissism. That is the spirituality of those who are in service to self. That is the opposite, the yan to the yin or the yin to the yan, depending on which one you see as white and as the dark, to the people that are in service to others. You're one or the other. And if you're confused and you don't know which one you are, it's because you think this is reality and you think that all there is is what you see here in front of you and taste, smell, and you don't believe in anything else. And I don't have to, and I don't care, because I'm going to make a fucking million dollars and be rich. Okay. Right? And Celeste says, it makes me think of child scripts, scriptures for Jesus. How we learned compassion yet started as ego-driven children. Absolutely. That's exactly, that's the truth of it. Some people don't grow up. They just grow old, right? Or they don't grow up and they don't awaken. Agreed. And I like that you say they don't, they don't become woke because woke is ego. Awaken, someone who is awake, right? Someone who is awake is not woke. That's why Tom McDonald, the rapper, who's fabulous, fabulous spiritualism, spiritualist, you guys just don't know that because if you just listen to his stuff just because he's a thug rapper and he's white, you're badass and, and I love you for it. But that's not all he's singing about. <laughs> On the face of it, that's what he's singing about. But if you're if you're actually spiritual and you and you see the esotericness of, of what he said, like I said uh, before, look at everything that he's done. But moreover, the 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 prophetic words of of white boys with a Z, because he had another song called White Boys. Uh, that was a different song than White Boys with a Z. White Boys with a Z, if you're just low vibration, you're going to go, oh, wow, he's just giving notice to the world that white people are thug-ass motherfuckers just like the black people. They got them niggas, we got our niggas, right? If that's all you see from that, that's the vibration you're in. It's okay, you kind of get it on the, on a low childlike scale, right? But if you're actually a spiritualist or or like myself, a theologian, right, then you see more and you realize 
the visuals and the other words and the methodical music and sound that he put into that. Uh, if you listen to the beat of that, the beat of that is is uh, beating at the God uh, vibration, the megahertz, uh, and the the methodical rapping is also uh, done that way. So, and then the visuals that uh, his girlfriend, uh, who is in fact a um, uh, what is her her last name? I can't think of her last name right now. Uh, she has the she's part of the the evil cabal, or at least her family. Uh, not that's not bad. My family is too. Right, I'm an O'Neill, and and uh, my bloodline, my DNA, uh, is is typo negative, and and it comes from that part of the world. So I'm part of, and they wanted to recruit me. And they have my entire life. That's not a lie. You can look that shit up, right? Anybody who knows me and knows those stories, they've been trying to recruit me since I was 11, probably before that. It's because my family, right? Look up O'Neill, and and I'm I'm not a married into O'Neill. I'm an actual bloodline O'Neill with the middle name Edward. It comes from Edward, uh, the Black Prince of Wales, because we're actually Welsh, right? And I know the I know the story of my people. Uh, I can I can tell you what the O'Neill crest means because I've heard the story passed down through generations. And I've met other people with O'Neill and said, do you know the story? And we actually said this. Day, no. And they were like, oh, my God, do you actually know this? And I'm like, yeah, it's a true story. Actually, what happened? So there are those of us. That's why people, I'm going to trigger a bunch of people. I'm going to say that word, Trump, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, is he evil? No. He's, but is he kind of? Yeah, because he's, he's a, a businessman. You can't be a businessman and not be uh, you know, wanting to make money. Right. But is he part of the cabal? No. But he is. Is he part of that family? Absolutely. Yes, he is. He's part of the families that are the seven great houses. So am I. OK. But that but I'm not that. Neither is he. You don't want to know that because you're following that religion in a way that makes you have a D or an R after your name. If you're an American or the Labour Party or the or the what's the other one that they have over there in England, uh, the U.K., or England, anyway. The Labour Party is the Conservative Party over in the UK. So you'll have an L after your name or whatever the other party is. And then you guys will be triggered. Trigger. Right? And if you're triggered by me saying that, then you're still listening to your ego. And you're listening to that religion. And you're following the newscasters who are, in fact, cardinals or priests of their religion. Okay? And they are, and they have picked a side. Every channel you watch, doesn't matter where you are on the planet, if you're listening to what they call a newscast or a talk show, that newscast or talk show is one or the other religion that is nefariousness. And both there's none of those that are any good. Both those are lies. Both of those are evil. Okay, They are, in fact, uh, run by narcissistic people in service to self. Right. Yeah, you got Masons. See, I don't have any Masons in my family because I'm a, a Knight of Columbus. Right. So I have the Knights, but they both go back to the Temple Knights. The Knights of Columbus were made by Temple Knights. The Masons uh, were Temple Knights. <laughs> right. Once they left Egypt and, and ended up in, in the Middle East and working for the Temple Knights, the Masons became Temple Knights. And then they literally were and are uh, descendants of the Templar Knights. Right. They continued on down building all of the works for the they were all knighted. But all the in fact, so you have Masons in your family. They know the same secret stuff that I know that you go through to become, you know, only the Masons have however many levels. The Knights of Columbus only have four levels. Uh, but those the fourth level is, is, is as high as a 33 degree master Mason and above. 
there there is nothing above that. There's just stations in the in the military, right? I was I was an officer, right? I was actually an officer, so I was a, a higher up than just a knight. I was uh, even though I was knighted and I have a cert title, I was an officer and had keys and had a job and and had you know uh, things people at my disposal and the whole nines. Uh, and they wanted me to go even higher. My stepfather was, in fact, uh, uh, the grand poobah of the third degree, and he was uh, an officer above me in the fourth degree. Uh, and uh, he did that for a while. He had th- two different offices, and I and I was part of the. I was actually part of the. I was uh, in a sense above that. I wasn't a supreme knight. The supreme council, the supreme knights, are the ones who who uh, oversee the whole uh, three million worldwide 3 million knights of Columbus because we're up almost a 3 million now. We were at 2 million when I got knighted in 2004. So we're closer to two and a half to 3 million knights now uh, around the whole world. And um, and I was a part of the team who knighted people. Okay. So I went around and I had the script uh, and I went around and uh, participated as a character uh, in the uh, first, second, and third, not the fourth, because that's done by clergy. Uh, part of the th- uh, third is also, but the the knighting is literally by a, a, you know one of those people with the pointy hats and the and the long robes, literally clergy. Right? Okay. So your Reese's grandfather was uh, over in Australia was a grandmaster mason, right? That's badass. <laughs> that's, I'm surprised you're not a 33 degree master mason now. I bet you are. You just don't talk about it. <laughs> I don't know if you are. Maybe you didn't follow in suit. My father was not a knight. My father was excommunicated from the church, so uh, so he was not uh, he was not knighted by the church. But he was, in fact, a, a, a Merlin, and that's where I get my heretical Merlin title from. Uh, comes from um, the teachings of my father, who was, in fact, had that priestly title from the European uh, religion of the Druids. Uh, that's one of the reasons why he was excommunicated because he would he refused to give up that. But then in the modern day, we just stayed under the under the radar and never let them know. So we, I'd go to church and just like the knights did, and how they got in trouble with the mat with the masons, how we both got in trouble back in the day in 1199, right? Or actually, it was 1207 when when uh, everybody had to go undercover. Your your grandfather uh, could tell you about it if he's still alive. You said was, so he's. I'm assuming he might be passed. But the uh, uh, the the whole purpose was that they knew what was really going on in the universe because that was what was found by the Temple Knights in Solomon's uh, mines, mind you, Solomon's Temple, and below that in the mines, was the, was the information, okay? And, and, and that, that information was that Jesus was, uh, in fact, a man uh, and wa- had a wife and she was pregnant and had children and all of that. Um, and that comes out in Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Uh, which was uh, from a book that was written in the 1800s. And then that was based on a book that was written prior to that. And that goes all the way back to the time in the 1300s when the the Pope in Rome slaughtered two and a half million French in the south of France to shut that whole message down, which is what Dan Brown based his Da Vinci Code on in the movie, the book and the movie on, was those books. Not just those two, but or those three, but the 
Mary Magdalene Chronicles and uh, the Templar Chronicles and Mary and her knights, the Temple Knights, uh, and the story that happened from that time, 1207, when we got into trouble. Uh, and they said that we were heretics in that we were pagans and all of this because we had found out the real information that they were trying to hide and wouldn't give it to the church along with a few other artifacts that we don't want to get into and don't have to get into right now. And that's why they went to arrest them all, not just that, but because they also owned more of Europe uh, than the, the, the Pope and, and, the, and the king in France combined. And both of them owed them all kinds of money that they had borrowed for their wars. Uh, and so they had land and military and money, and they wanted all of that. So they decided that they could just attack them all at once that was on Friday the 13th, October, Friday the 13th, in the year 1207. Uh, and that was at 8 a.m. in the morning, local time to Zulu time, is what we would call it now in military, uh, to local time to uh, Acker, uh, over, or, or Ak, depends on the uh, uh, where you come from, the city, uh, which is, uh, is still there by a different name now. Uh, that that was Acker, and that, so they arrested all of the knights, and the knights uh, were warned, and they disappeared. So they only arrested like less than uh, a tenth of the actual knights. And the Grand Master stayed behind as the sacrificial lamb to save the rest of them. And the knights disappeared into oblivion, never to be found again. And then they started like four countries, <laughs> and, and uh, helped uh, eventually helped America become America. Helped. Uh, Australia become free, helped Scotland become free, Ireland become free, France to become free, Germany to become free, uh, Belgium to become free, Denmark to become free. Uh, and of course, the Viking countries, they never really were under occupation. Uh, but uh, most of the free world today is because they infiltrated, they created Switzerland and the banking system that we currently own is the banking system that they use, not the one that's the fake one that's made and controlled by the by the guys over there in um, in Italy, uh, you know, not the not the Fed, the but the banking system prior to that that was based on gold, the gold standard uh, that a lot of company, a lot of countries are going back to. So, see, they understood what was really going on in the universe, and they refused. They they believed in being upright and speaking the truth, even if it led to their death, and they refused to bow to the powers that should not be on the planet. And there was a revolution by them. And then there was a war that went on for 150 years to stifle them and shut them up. Right? Yeah, that, that could explain the, my surname apparently originated as an alias. The name that I'm using currently talking to you on is in fact an alias. That surname is an ancient surname, but it's not the one I was born with. It is my true surname, but it's not the one that I was born with. Could be because we had to take an alias as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you will find that if you have any if you have any connection to any of the Temple Knights, uh, you know, and that's a, that's a, over a thousand years now because that was in you know they disappeared in 1207, and the war went on until 1170. Uh, and then they then they were uh, by that time they were solidified as as countries again, uh, Spain uh, and Portugal uh, and uh, Scotland uh, and uh, and then further north and that's where you know you have the uh, all of that going on and then they have that in history now and they show it they just know that that you know that's why you have the the Scots now 
uh, Rosalind is, is, is there and uh, they've remade the order. St. Clair, the family who were the last uh, uh, Templar um, uh, masters and master masons of the Templar uh, uh, organization, that family started the Templar Knights. Again, they're alive right now. You can look them up. Templar Knights are a thing. You can join them. <laughs> so, and then the Knights of Columbus were made here in America by descendants. It was a priest by the name of uh, Father McGivney. Uh, and uh, which who, who was a Mick? Everybody associates the Italians with creating uh, the Temple or the, the Knights of Columbus, and it was in fact an Irish Catholic by the name of McGivney. And uh, this is in Connecticut, here in America. And it took 150 years for the Church to embrace them as a holy order in the Church, and that only happened in 1969 from John Pope John Paul II. So literally 150 years, the Knights uh, of, uh, of Columbus were considered an outlaw organization within the church. But there's so many American Knights. There were so many American Catholics who became Knights of Columbus that the church had to embrace them. And so a forward thinking pope, Papa Juan Pablo, was the one who said we need to embrace them because they still know what they know. And when you get knighted as a fourth degree, you kind of get a little bit of that information. And if you take that information and run with it, you learn everything else. But they don't tell you openly. Right? Well, yeah. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, it says, you know, I still get hung up on how horrific the burning times were. People don't realize how long they lasted. Yeah. Uh, being, She's talking about being burnt at the stake. And how long you would stay alive until your lungs were filled up with the hot. Usually you would be burning. Your body would be cooking and you wouldn't die from the pain. It was it was once the flames got high enough to where you inhaled or the or the heat got hot enough to where you inhaled enough to cook your lungs and then you would die. And yeah, people don't know. That's like the movie, the uh, the the movie, uh, The Kingdom of Heaven. Ridley Scott made that. And if you watch the interviews on the DVD, he'll tell you that it was more of a documentary. That I guess I could turn this off huh, and, and actually go back to having my camera on. Uh, if you if you look at the um, the interview with Ridley Scott, he says they had to downplay the violence for that movie, which was more of a documentary than it was acting. There was only a few things in there they weren't sure of. Like, for instance, they weren't really sure in history that Balian was the son of godfrey that's it <laughs> everything else happened the way you see it in there including uh the the uh, king of of uh jerusalem being a leper he was younger uh, in fact edward norton played him a lot of people don't even know that ed norton played him, that character because he wore a mask the entire time uh and he was a leper so when he took his mask off the only thing you saw was uh, him with makeup and his nose missing uh and him having leprosy so if you listen to the voice, though, it's Edward Norton. Look it up in the in the credits. That was a great acting job by Edward Norton to play that character uh, and never to be seen. Not very many actors would do that. Most of the actors, they they in fact, even even uh, what's his name who played Balian, you know, his, you saw his face all the time. He took his helmet off so you can see his face. They do that in Hollywood because people get confused quickly because they, they don't they're not like in the old days. They knew who knights were by what they wore, like the black knight, you know, by the by the sashes and the and the, the stuff that whatever they were painted by or whatever their emblem was on their shield, uh, told who the people were, and it was that way throughout history, uh, always until the militaries 
started not allowing the the warriors to do that and then it, they became uh, anonymous warriors uh, but it wasn't until really the modern age to where they take away your identity and don't let you be that. But even then, the guys still figured out how to do that. So people could still look at a distance and see somebody and know that's Achilles. That's that's Achilles or Achilles. Uh, you don't want to fuck with Achilles, right, because he, he'll kill you. Uh, and But, you know, even then, the story is that his nephew got killed or his cousin got killed because his cousin fought like him and acted like him and wore his armor and moved like him because he was taught by him. Uh, and everybody thought that it was him until uh, he got his throat slit and they pulled off his helmet and realized that it was, in fact, um, uh, uh, what was his name? I can't think of his name. Thelonious? No. I can't think of his name, but he was his cousin. It wasn't even him. Right? And that's part of the storyline. So, what does all this have to do with the law of one? The ancients had a better understanding, there's that word again, understanding, comprehension of the universe than we do now. And there's times that are cyclical in nature where a large groups of people glean this information and become very spiritual. Then you have kings, popes that murder them to get that thought process away from people to kill them off so that they know that when they get killed, they recycle and they're born veiled again. And they, and they uh, will then have to wake up again. And that's what they continue to do over and over and over on this planet. Okay. And that happens uh, quite a bit. And they've been trying to do that here and they've been stifled this time more than they have in the past, but this is still a cyclical nature. This is the seventh uh, time. If you heard that, you know, the seventh son of a seventh son, we're in a, in a temporal war and we're in the seventh generational war. And it doesn't mean when I say generation, it doesn't mean my generation and seven people behind me. Okay. We're talking seven entire uh, uh, creations of the human race. We are the seventh time just in this cycle that the human race has ascended to this place in its existence. Do you understand? Six times prior to now, this earth has been destroyed on a mass scale to restart. And that's done on purpose, not by evil people, but by evil people. But that's hard to explain if you don't haven't if you haven't risen above the yin and the yang and the idea of good and evil being for children and you're not seeing it from the top down, it doesn't make any sense to you when I say it. it sounds crazy, right? I can say it to you, but it'll sound crazy, right? So if you're ready for it, you'll get it and you'll understand it when I say it, right? Because you're already looking down on the yin and the yang. If you're already above that in vibration, you understand what Simone said earlier, that it's the story for children. And what Celeste said when she said, you know, law one never gets old, no matter, you know, because even though she knows that in, in her mind, she knows that it's simple in very many aspects, but not in others, because there's a vibration throughout the story itself that is for every vibration and everywhere in between for you to, to understand or understand just like everything else, just like the Bible, just like everything else. It's in everything. It's designed that way. That's the spiral nature of the universe. That's the golden mean ratio, which is the spiral 
to the to the Fibonacci sequence, which is the triangles or the blocks, right? It's part of the same mathematical equation. One would be the one would be the the nature or natural universe, and the other would be what the fractals. The fractals are the sharp angles, right? And then the spiral is the is not the Fibonacci. Everyone says this. Oh, there's a Fibonacci sequence. No. The Fibonacci sequence is the triangles or the rectangles that are going tit, 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 that make the spiral. The spiral is the outside edge. Those are two fractions of the same whole, but they're completely different mathematical equations. Right? So people, it's just like saying the eye of Ra, when in fact that eye is the eye of Horus, not the eye of Ra. Everyone says the eye of Ra. It's not. It's not Ra. It's not raw at all. It's Horus. That's the eye of Horus. So saying that the spiral is the Fibonacci sequence is not true. The Fibonacci sequence is not 0 0.1, what is it, 0 0.068 or 468? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> right? I'd have to look it up. I did a video on it, and I'd have to look it up. But it is. But that's not the Fibonacci sequence. Fibonacci sequence, which makes up those triangles, is one plus one is two, two plus one is three, three plus one is four, right? Or the one before that, so one plus one is two, two plus one is three, three plus two is five, five plus three is, right? And, and that's how it goes. It's the it's the the digits of one, zero plus one is one, one plus one is two, then two plus one is three, then three plus two, so it's the current digit plus the one prior to it equals five, 5 plus 3 is 8. 8 plus 5. Do you see where I'm going? That's the Fibonacci sequence. Right? The golden mean ratio is not that sequence. It's literally a mathematical equation that is, you know, that is 1.0.1468 or something close to that. I'd have to look it up. Give me a second here and I'll do exactly that. I will look it up. Let me get out of the full screen here because I made the video. Of the the see it's actually in the opening credits by the way, if you look at the opening credits uh, of the of this show, I actually have the the uh, the golden mean ratio in that in that actual uh, uh, visuals. All right, let me turn this off because I'm trying to play the law of one here. So the golden mean ratio is. Uh, I'm going to play it here. It's 1.618. Okay. 1.618 is the golden mean ratio. 1.618033988748894. Four, and it keeps on going. Okay. That is the golden mean ratio. That's completely different than the Fibonacci sequence. But the Fibonacci sequence is the the triangle or the, the the blocks that are tilted into a circle that become a spiral. The spiral itself is the outside arc. That's the uh, the golden mean ratio. So there are facets of the same but different, right? You're not going to figure out the by using the that ratio. You by the golden mean ratio, you'll figure out three, six, and nine. And then that will actually tell you about uh, about gravity, but there's spirituality involved in that. Actualize.org spiritual dynamic video is fantastic. Yeah, right. Take a look at that, guys. We'll put that up there. 
Celeste recommends that, actualized.org, and watch the physical or the spiritual dynamics video. So to, to start to learn either to become a healer, they were using that as the example in uh, session four through five, right, or going into five, into six. You have to align your chakras, okay? So everything that I've been telling you is a parody or a parable of how to how to align your chakras and why. Okay? To align the chakras is to know creation. To align your chakras is to know yourself. To know yourself is to know the mind of the universe. That's infinite wisdom, infinite, infinite wisdom, infinite love, all of the things, infinite knowledge, everything that is infinite. It's to know infinity. To ascend to those places is to know the mind of God. To know the mind of God is to know your own mind. Someone in one of the chats today, which I'm going to combine, because there's two chats now for the Law of One, one uh, that is the Law of One class chat and one that's entitled the Law of One. One has seven in it, one has nine or ten in it. The one that's got seven in it, I'm going to integrate. But if somebody in there said, can I get to know you? And I said, I'm not the one that you need to get to know. It's yourself that you need to get to know, right? I don't need anyone to get to know me. I need to get to know me. You need to get to know you. To know you is to know me. To know you is to know the universe. To know yourself is to know God, whatever you call that that figure in your head, whatever is comfortable for you, whatever name you use, peanut butter. Coffee, like Simone said earlier, whatever name you give that to whatever religion that you grew up on that you're comfortable with, okay? Because the name is doesn't matter. I wrote a, a paper on that and put it out there to the internet. It's out there in the ether somewhere, and it was entitled A Conversation with God. And I wrote the guy walking down the street, he sees this old guy, and he looks at this old guy and he realizes that's not just a man. It's actually God personified in the body. And he asks him, are you God? And he says, well, that's relative to your thinking. And he said, well, if you're God, I have some questions for you. First of all, what do I call you? And he says, well, what's in a name? So it doesn't matter. You can call me whatever you want. He said, well, what is your true name? He said, I don't have a true name. I just am. That's where you have... The burning bush saying to Moses, he says, who do I tell them sent me? And he said, tell them I am sent you. Because I am, you know, that's like Popeye said all the time. I am what I am. I is what I is. I am what I am. I don't have a name because I just am. Why? Because he's being. Because they are being. So then he says, I don't understand. And he says, well, look at yourself. What do you call yourself? Well, my name's Michael, right? And your mom called you Mickey. Well, yeah, it's my mom. Your brother called you Mikey. Yeah. Your child calls you Daddy. Your wife calls you Honey. Does that change who you are? You're still who you are. But to them, that is the familiar that you use or they use to reference you. My husband, my wife. I'll have to check with my husband. Honey, come here. I have a question for you. 
two names for the same person. An outwardly named to a stranger. Let me check with my husband. Letting them know I'm married to this man. And then it's honey, dear, whatever she calls you. Pookie, bye. Fiddles, whatever the, whatever a secret name you have for each other. Right? But your kids call you mom or dad or mommy or daddy or whatever. If you're Mexican, they call you the opposite. They call the girl daddy and the, and the boy mommy. Don't ask me why. It's kind of an Oedipus thing going on there, I think. Right? And then the women call their man daddy. Hi, Poppy. But Poppy means something different than it does in, in other languages where it means dad. What? A little bit of an Oedipus thing going on there, I might add. Anyway, what's in the name? So he says, would you would you fault a stranger if they called you Mike? Well, no, because that's a nickname. There you go. Right. So whatever name you want to call me is fine. It doesn't matter. It's just a name. Whatever name is comfortable for you will do just fine. I put that out there. I signed it anonymous, or I signed it not anonymous because at the time, I think I did assign it anonymous about 20 years before there was anonymous. No, I think I signed it author unknown, and I just threw it out there. Why? Because it wasn't something that I wanted credit for. I could have easily patented that, like the guy did with a smiley face. Have a nice day. Millions and millions of dollars. Why would I want to do that? The whole concept of that entire conversation would have been moot if I would have copyrighted it and tried to sell the idea. Right? I want to tell the world that it doesn't matter what you call the universal mindset as long as you understand that it is an all-knowing, all-seeing, all-loving. Loving is the key to that entity. The name is personal to you. All the truths that we believe to, wait, let me say this right. Let me go to the exact quote from Obi-Wan Kenobi to, to Luke Skywalker. Weird that the Skywalkers never had a, 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 a Jedi name. Everybody else did. Right? Oh, there was a few that didn't. It was weird. A lot of them had uh, names. Qui-Gon Jinn, right? And that was his, 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 uh, his uh, uh, name, his Jedi name. Those were just their names. Right? Those were just their names. Obi-Wan, well, I haven't gone by Obi-Wan in a long time. He went by Ben because his name was Ben Kenobi. Right, so Obi Wan was just the the name that he took that wasn't Ben Kenobi. They were kind of like the the French Foreign Legion, where you kind of changed your name a little bit. But the Skywalkers went by Skywalker unless they were becoming a Sith, then they were Darth Vader and the like. So, so he says to Luke, Obi Wan Ben Kenobi says to Luke, Luke, and this is in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Luke, you have to realize that. All the truths that we cling to, all the truths we cling to, are directly related to a certain point of view. Okay, and I know that was in a movie, but you need to you need to realize that what was trying to be told to you in these movies, where it weren't trying to sell a religion to you, just like the Tao Te Ching, the Book of the Way, and the Buddha, neither one of those. Philosophies were supposed to be religions, just like Jesus wasn't trying to teach a religion. Jesus was teaching you a philosophy, a way of life. Okay? 
None of those were supposed to turn into a religion that was a, a place of control where you pay money to go and sit while they read you something from this dusty old tome over and over and over again every year. It's not what it was intended. It was intended to be an ideology to save your soul. Okay. And your point of view and your reality is, is how you see your truths. And reality is completely different. Right, Celeste. I'm glad that you that you that you you don't know. She, she goes and she comes depending on what's going on in her life. She Celeste could be gone for three months, six months, a year, and then she pops back in when she can. And then usually I'm doing the law of one when you pop in, right? Isn't that weird? In the last like four or five years, it's been that way. So I'm glad that you that you pop in too. Uh, all right, guys. I'm gonna call it because I've gone over now. Uh, you know, we're at the two and a half hour mark. So I'm going to call it for this week. Uh, we'll pick up right there where we left off. But don't be surprised that next week won't be Muffy Moose anymore. It's going to be a female voice because I'm going to put it to my program so we don't have to worry about their monetizing of their um, of their videos. Okay. So uh, I will see you guys uh, next uh, next week. And if you're not in the in the chat, instant message me personally, and I'll get you into the chat if you want to be in the Law of One class chat where people talk after hours and ask questions where I answer it and we, we talk about different things. Uh, and we'll be doing that going forward for all. And you can come and go. You don't have to stay there. If you join, there's no money. It's all free. If you want to leave the chat, don't want to be a participate, that doesn't matter either. You can do that. Same thing with watching or listening to the show. If it doesn't resonate with you, go find something that does resonate with you. If it does resonate with you, listen to it and and, uh, and try to, try to you know, uh, keep up. And if you have any questions, that's what the chat's for. Uh, so if I don't answer you live on air, those of you who are listening to the MP3 version, you can go on Messenger and just come into the chat and talk there. All right, guys, have a great evening. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. I, I would give you the hands, but it's hard. I have the microphone in my hand, right? <laughs> All right, guys, I love you guys. Uh, pass this on. Share this out, share this out, share this out. This has been Orion Rising. I've been your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. This has been the Law of One. Uh, week three, class three, will be a class four next week. We'll be on to session six. All right, guys.